You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. The act of sacrifice involves transmuting something of value into something else. When we sacrifice a stick of incense, the resin is transmuted into smoke. When we sacrifice our own time to serve others, our selfishness is transmuted into compassion. Sacrifice is a way to demonstrate devotion and dedication to God. But the dark occultists who wield power over mankind practice an ancient form of sacrifice known as blood sacrifice. The occult is known for executing these blood sacrifices on certain calendar dates throughout the year, such as the satanic grand climax of summer, which is celebrated every year at Bohemian Grove with the cremation of care. The East Palestine train derailment occurred on February 2nd, Candlemas, a fire festival for the dark occult. The Nashville shooting occurred on the climax of Ostara, a week of sacrifice for the spring equinox. Spring is peak season for satanic blood sacrifice. And we are now at the grand climax of spring, which begins on April 19th and climaxes on May 1st, the holiday known as Beltane. April 19th and April 20th are two of the biggest blood sacrifice dates. The Branch Davidians were massacred in Waco, Texas on April 19, 1993. 168 people were murdered in Oklahoma City on April 19, 1995, under the watchful eyes of the CIA. The idea of mass school shootings was inculcated into the minds of the public at Columbine High School on April 20th, 1999. The BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico was on April 20th, 2010. This year's April 19th and 20th are especially important to the dark occultists. We are in the middle of a three-month period that astrologers have been predicting since the end of last year, a period that began in the middle of March, which ends this June. According to the astrology, this rare culmination of events is all about a major transformation of the world's money system. And the astrology for April 19th and 20th is especially intense. There will be a solar eclipse in Aries, described as a time of societal breakdown, destruction, and rebirth. And the corresponding new moon has been described by one astrologer as a day that may be remembered for a long time to come. Traditionally, the purpose of blood sacrifice is to gain favor from the supernatural, to strengthen one's own spiritual power, and as a way to symbolize and memorialize a significant spiritual transformation or rebirth. But according to Michael Hoffman, they are now performing these rituals for the general public. Occult expert Michael Hoffman calls these dark occultists the cryptocracy and claims they have involved mankind in a process of transformation being orchestrated by these blood rituals. He wrote that these murders are actually intricately choreographed rituals performed first on a very intimate and secret scale among the initiates themselves in order to program them, 
Then, on a grand scale, amplified incalculably by the electronic media. In the end, what we have is a highly symbolic, ritual working broadcast to millions of people. A satanic inversion, a black mass where the pews are filled by the entire nation and through which humanity is paganized, brutalized, and debased. Today, all of us can relate to being brutalized and debased by our governments. Hoffman explains that the reason this is being done to us is to make us submit. We are at the end of the ritual, and the cryptocracy are now putting it all on the line. He wrote, if the truth of what the cryptocracy has perpetrated is grasped and acted upon, the consequences for the conspirators will be annihilation. But if the people fail to perceive the truth or fail to act on their... You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I know you're so delighted to see me, but don't worry. Harrison Smith is going to be back with us this week. I am filling in just today and tomorrow, and hopefully we can see his beautiful face again on Wednesday. I know that I'm excited for him to be back, not because I don't want to be here, but because I love listening to the show every morning as I get my work done, assuming that I'm awake in the morning because I typically am a night owl. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you today. We're going to be covering all of the latest and greatest in terms of breaking news over the course of this hour. In the second hour, we'll be taking some phone calls and maybe some in the third hour as well. I'm very excited to go over all of the outstanding decisions that the Biden administration is making. It's really nice to finally see that the United States of America is really coming back into its own. There's this new Wall Street Journal article about this new Biden administration policy called Upside Down Mortgage Policy. And as I understand it, this is going to reward people who have a low credit score and punish those with a high credit score. So the more responsible that you've been with your money and paying your creditors, the more you're going to pay for your mortgage, as I understand it. Under the rule, which goes into effect on May 1st, that's coming right around the corner, folks, homebuyers with a good credit score over 680 will pay about $40 more each month on a $400,000 loan and upward, depending on the size of the loan, those who make down payments of 20% on their homes will pay the highest fees. So the more you actually pay down, the more expensive your mortgage becomes. And those payments will then be used to subsidize higher risk borrowers through lower fees. Now, the reason I want to draw your attention to this last little bit here is because it reminds me an awful lot of what we saw happen in 2006 through 2008. And a lot of people attribute what happened with the economy in the first part of this century to the Bush administration, because George Bush, of course, was the president of the United States during the single greatest economic collapse of my generation, perhaps your generation as well. Only Biden's old enough to see worse, it seems like these <laughs> days. And... If we look back on what happened in 2008, it was a result of some Clinton-era policies. I don't know if you remember the Democrats' policy from the 90s. I don't explicitly remember it because I was only about nine years old in 1999. However, I have looked back, and there was a big narrative around the importance that everyone be able to purchase their own home. This is the American dream, right? White picket fence, you've got a house, and out of that policy, out of that sentiment, were created these banking structures, 
policies, opportunities, which allowed people to get a mortgage for a home even if they couldn't afford it, otherwise known as a subprime loan, right? And it worked well for a little while until the interest rates, the variable interest rates changed, and suddenly a $2,500 a month house payment became a $5,000 a month house payment, and people were forced to sell or foreclose on their homes. This, of course, resulted in mass sell-offs, mass foreclosures, and ultimately mass layoffs. And the banking industry, if anyone has studied the big short, either the book or the movie, sort of covered it up for a couple of years, making it even worse. And I believe, if my memory serves, only one banking executive was actually sentenced to any time in jail over the whole entire fiasco, despite the fact that thousands of professionals and every big bank was at the top of this major fraud. Not only a banking fraud in terms of exaggerating the efficacy of these subprime loans, but also a fraud in the sense that the fact that these loans were collapsing was sort of hidden from the market for as long as possible to delay the inevitable collapse. Remind you of anything today? And now we see the Biden administration coming in and creating this new upside-down mortgage policy, as the Wall Street Journal calls it, where it is going to reward those with low credit scores by giving them better rates on their mortgages and punish those with high credit scores by making them pay more to subsidize the, the risk, I suppose, of, of the lower credit score loans. My concern about this is not only the fact that it's going to put people into homes that they probably can't actually afford, but it's the fact that this is going to incentivize people who are right at the 680 threshold to damage their credit score right before seeking a mortgage. So there's a number of different ways that you can do this. You can start to miss payments. That's one way. You can take out massive loans before applying for a mortgage. That's another way. Or you can just take out more credit, which I think is probably going to be the most common way in which people who are on the threshold try to harm their credit scores in order to lower their credit rates. Because it's very easy to get a credit card. Even if you're going through a bankruptcy, you'll still get offers for new credit cards in the mail. This is something that Dave Ramsey talks about extensively in Total Money Makeover. I'm not sure if you guys are listeners of, of Dave Ramsey. My wife and I follow a lot of his principles to the best that we can. And what's going to happen here is People who have fair credit or good credit but barely are going to massively increase the amount of credit they have. And this isn't necessarily going to manifest in an increase in debt for these people, but it will certainly give them an increase in buying power. And the government looks at this and says, great, it's going to increase buying power. People are going to spend more money. It's going to stimulate the economy. And then, of course, we are going to get more tax revenue. But ultimately, what they're doing here is they are putting Americans in a position to take on more debt, similar to how every single year they vote to raise the debt ceiling and take on more debt at the national level. So... They're framing this policy as something that is designed to help the poor at the expense of the rich. It's sort of a Robin Hood story, although I think they have a total misunderstanding of the real nature of Robin Hood. Because remember, Robin Hood didn't steal from the rich to give to the poor. He stole from the taxers to give the money back to the people who were taxed which is actually more of a conservative notion. My dad, for a long time growing up, said, I hate Robin Hood. He was, he, was, he was a real jerk, right? Because he thought that it meant stealing from the rich to give to the poor. But that isn't really what the story of Robin Hood is about. It's about the taxpayers taking their money back and one hero championing, championing that effort. And so they're framing this policy as this colloquial Robin Hood, right? This steal from the rich, give to the poor. 
But really what it's going to do is it's going to put people who are paycheck to paycheck or just barely getting by in a position where they're tempted every day by an increase in the debt that they're going to take on in an effort to save money by lowering their credit score and setting themselves up for better payments on their mortgages. Now, I imagine that this is done also in an effort to stimulate the housing market. I think there's a great fear with inflation that people will not sell their homes, that perhaps even home values will, will go down in order to incentivize or, or try to move homes in the market more quickly. And they're trying to mitigate this as much as possible by at least stabilizing the volume of houses that exchange hands because this is a great way to prevent the slippage of the value of homes in America. And of course, the problem with the slippage in the value of homes in America is that if we arrive at a position like we did in 2008, where the value of your home is less than the amount of money that you owe on it, well, you are in deep monetary doo-doo, so to speak. So they're going to create a policy that's just going to make things worse, but make things worse later. And this seems to be the motif of our government, at least since perhaps even 1913 with the, with the onset of the Federal Reserve Bank, that we are setting ourselves up for inevitable monetary collapse, whether it's the dollar itself or just the infrastructure around the dollar. We're setting ourselves up for this inevitable collapse, but we are sophisticated at postponing it. Peter Schiff has been talking for years about how the dollar is going to collapse, and there are different ways that you can work against that. He suggests investing in in precious metals, for example. Others have been calling this out for a long period of time. Michael Burry from The Big Short has been talking about collapse for a long time. And one thing that is for sure is the doomsday profits are always right that doomsday is coming, but it's always so hard to know when it comes. I said something similar when I was on the Alex Jones show a couple of weeks ago, that it's not a matter of if this is going to happen. It's a matter of when this is going to happen. And so I think that the entire purpose of our government for the last several decades has been to simply kick the can as much as possible so that they don't wind up holding the bomb when it explodes. Stick with us. We're going to talk more about this in the next break. Before we go to break, I do want to introduce you to Turbo Force Plus from InfoWars Life. It's now 25% off, folks, and it is an outstanding way to get going in the morning and stay going all day. I highly recommend that you check it out. More power, more strength, and more energy. When it comes to regaining energy, convenience is key, and we know that Coffee and candy, candy and high sugar-filled products can give us a boost, but we always crash with Turbo Force Plus. The crash is virtually non-existent. There's less caffeine and more nootropics. Check it out now at InfoWarsStore.com. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. So much great news today. The Biden administration single-handedly destroying the mortgage market. And we've got some new developments in the way of China and France. And I'm not really sure that this is a new development, given that it seems to be seems to read much more like a, an opinion piece. <laughs> but what news doesn't these days, folks? So we covered a couple of weeks ago that Macron had visited China and seemed to be buddy-buddy with China, implying that, you know, it's not going to take a side on the Taiwan issue. And this article here by the Wall Street Journal called China Embarrasses Macron in Europe, or excuse me, on Europe, states that, oh, Macron is so embarrassed because China has come out and basically stated that 
none of the former USSR nations are entitled to sovereignty. China's ambassador, Lu She, was asked on Friday on French TV whether he considered Crimea to be a part of Ukraine under international law. In 2014, of course, we know that Russia occupied Crimea. The diplomat is saying that the many countries that declared their independence when the Soviet Union dissolved aren't independent at all. That would include Ukraine, but also the three Baltic states, Moldova, and the countries of Central Asia like Georgia and Kazakhstan. The clear implication is that Russia is justified in its attempt to conquer Ukraine and perhaps the other countries too. Now, China is probably taking this position because it is interested in its rights over Taiwan. And, of course, it would be hypocritical for them to say that these former USSR nations are independent nations. And then, of course, to claim that Taiwan is actually Chinese Taipei and part of China. But the funny thing about this article is it's spinning it as some great embarrassment for Macron. It's saying that, oh, I bet Macron didn't see that coming when he was kowtowing to, to China two weeks ago. But... Honestly, I, I thought that the biggest point of him teaming up with China was an indication that France didn't really care about the sovereignty of Ukraine. See, in this article, they're claiming that Macron must, as the French leader, believe in the sovereignty of Ukraine. And so, therefore, this statement from the Chinese ambassador must then be embarrassing. But it's only embarrassing if he actually believes in the sovereignty of Ukraine. And it seems to me that... Macron taking the position that Taiwan isn't necessarily Taiwan, but actually an extension of China or a part of China in rebellion. By doing so, he was implying that Ukraine is not necessarily sovereign either. That was the whole reason it was a story and to begin with, that, 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 that Macron was visiting China and in, in be, being friendly with President Xi. I thought that this was the implication all along that France no longer really supported Ukraine, maybe in name only, and maybe it'll do the bare minimum required of NATO or whatever to send supplies or, 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 or to give lip service to Ukraine. But it doesn't seem to me that, that Macron is in support of Ukraine at all, which is fine with me. But it's just funny that this article is framing this as such an embarrassment for him because I think he knew all along that China didn't support Ukraine given the fact that we've known for months that China is supplying weapons and other supplies to Russia and meeting with Russia and negotiating new dollar deals with Russia to, to move their economy away from the U.S. dollar and to trade supplies outside of the scope of what our Federal Reserve can do in terms of controlling their behavior. So again, and we, and we talked about this too with the Washington Post with their coverage of the whistleblower, the recent whistleblower regarding the Ukraine documents and comparing that to Edward Snowden and how they covered him. They, 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 they took their prizes, their Pulitzer Prizes or whatever prizes they won as journalists for the Edward Snowden reporting. And then they went out and double-crossed him and stabbed him in the back and said that he shouldn't be pardoned by President Obama. This reads just like propaganda, just like those pieces do. And I told you guys, if... The intelligence community has infiltrated Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Google, all these different platforms. It's almost certainly infiltrated all the major media outlets that have been in existence for five or six times longer than these newer platforms. And so it's not just the Washington Post or the New York Times or any leftist piece of media that is totally sold out to the intelligence community. It's also the Wall Street Journal, which was formerly recognized as sort of a sacred piece of 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 media for right-wingers. It, it's, it's the conservative version of the New York Times, right? I don't think so. If we have a uniparty, then we have a unimedia, folks. There's only one party and there's only one media. The only alternative is InfoWars, so make sure 
you stay streaming here at band.video and make sure that you share this stream with friends and family to get the word out. It's important to us to constantly grow the audience because as the great Frank Underwood said, treading water is the same as drowning. But it's interesting that they're using this rhetoric because it does imply that they are interested in occupying Taiwan. We get mixed signals a lot from China about the Taiwan issue. Sometimes they issue counter sanctions to our sanctions regarding Taiwan, which implies that they don't plan on occupying the territory anytime soon. Other times we see them doing drills right outside of the coast of Taiwan, implying that they're ready to invade at any moment. And it's really hard to know. Famously, Donald Trump called the leader of North Korea, Rocket Man, taunting him because he was always issuing threats and never really actually doing anything. And this seems to be kind of a commie move. But if you pick on someone long enough, eventually they snap and they do things like invade Crimea or invade Ukraine. And there will come a day where if we bully these countries long enough, they will become aggressive and not just issue threats time and time again. And Ron Paul, time and time again, warned of our intervention in the Middle East, saying that it would culminate in disaster for us. And we saw that 9-11 happened. It doesn't just come, a terrorist attack like that doesn't just come falling out of the sky, no pun intended. There's a reason for these things. And, and we as Americans, it's just a characteristic of human beings in general. We tend to disregard the motives of bad actors. Because what they do is so evil. It's actually so evil. All right, I'm not an apologist at all for 9-11 or Hitler or any, any of the like. But it's so evil that we write it off as a fluke act of evil without actually looking at the motives of the action. And then we don't learn from what really happened. Hitler's a great example of this. He is perhaps one of the most evil people of all time. And nobody actually looks into why he did any of the things that he did because it seems like he was just a fluke evil madman, but then we don't learn from what happened. He didn't do what he did alone. He got a whole nation behind what he did. And how do you convince a whole nation of something if it's just the actions of a fluke evil actor? You have to have some sort of an argument that the people actually believe in order to get the people behind you to do something like that. And that's exactly what he did. Everyone goes to Mein Kampf. Mein Kampf is not the reason for what Hitler did. If you really want to understand what Hitler did, you have to actually read the speeches that he gave that culminated in his coming to power because the speeches are what inspired the people to give him power. And that is the reason that he was able to do the things that he did. We'll go more into that in the next segment. I don't want to dive into that now because we've only got a minute left before the break here. And this could take a little bit longer than a minute to talk about, but I want to talk a little bit about the real motives of evil actors and what we should be learning by them, how we can avoid them in the future, and how some of the actions that we've seen in our history, as recent as the last 100 years, are sort of reemerging again. A lot of the same stuff that was happening in Germany in the 1920s is happening in the United States today. And if the left is really so serious about mitigating extremism or or, or, or stifling hate, then they should really take a look at the actions that they're taking. Because destroying an entire economy and destroying an entire currency is the primary ingredient to a radicalized populace. Stay with us, folks. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and get yourself something good. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. 
Today we are going to be covering everything possible that we can possibly cover about the globalists and their agenda. And just more evidence hit the desk today from the great Matt Weber. Thank you, Matt. Regarding China's new moves in the EV market space. Chinese EV dominance hastens end of petrol engine era. Okay, so this year's Shanghai Auto Show signaled the end of the petrol engine era in China as domestic electric vehicle brands drive change across the sector and leave foreign companies in the dust, analysts and industry insiders said. Wow, a lot of puns in that first paragraph. I mean, this, <laughs> these people must just be bored and they just, like, I got to make puns to, to make this article interesting. Basically, what's happening is China is ramping up its electric vehicle production and they're doing so in the context of Biden's new policy to make half the U.S. auto fleet electric by 2030. Now, that's just seven years from now. And it's so funny, whenever Biden talks about EV stuff, you can do your own research on this, but they've constantly shunned Tesla and not invited them to certain events, conventions, programs regarding the development of EV vehicles, electric vehicles. And yet they, they brag about these initiatives as if they can possibly do it without Tesla, who's the number one U.S. auto manufacturer as it stands. But it's interesting because uh, I was talking to Matt during the break. I, I can't think of a single Chinese car manufacturer. We know that a lot of our parts are made in China for our cars. We know that in terms of electric vehicles, our batteries are in large imported from China, as I understand it. So we definitely do business with China in terms of auto manufacturers, but we don't actually import Chinese cars. And they got to be the safest cars ever, given we know the you know, Chinese drivers crazy out there. We don't actually import their cars. I can name Italian cars. I can name German cars. I can name English cars. But I can't name, I can name, of course, Japanese cars. I can't name a single Chinese manufacturer of a car. I can name Huawei. That's the phone. But we don't have that here, right? And we don't have any other cars here either. So what's really interesting about this is we've got a position in which Biden is advocating that 50% of all U.S. cars be electric cars by 2030, at least all new cars the electric cars by 2030. And simultaneously, we see that China is ramping up its electric vehicle dominance so that it's going to way outproduce us in terms of electronic vehicles, not to mention the rare earth metals that they pretty much exclusively have that we import and the fact that they are producing these, these important magnets that are used apparently for these electronic vehicles using these rare earth metals. And so really what this looks like is a nod to China from the Bidens. It looks like what's going to happen is 2030 is going to come around and we're going to be in a compromised position as a nation because we have this mandate that half of our new fleet be electric, but we won't have the infrastructure in place to actually meet that demand. And that would force us to actually import from China. And whether we're importing the entire car or just massive amounts of parts, this policy is not a policy that is set up for to even be possible or, or to even help the environment necessarily, right? There's a couple of reasons why <laughs> I don't think that this is helping the environment. The first reason I don't think this is designed to help the environment is because we know for a fact that China does not give a damn about the environment. I don't know how many videos you can find of China just dumping tons and tons and tons of plastic and chemicals into the ocean. Isn't there a giant lake in the middle of the ocean that's just miles by miles wide full of plastic? I think Joe Rogan had a guy on, on his show that was inventing something new to, to, to try to sweep up the plastic and clean it up. 
The Boylan Slat was the guy? Okay, fascinating. And so we know that China doesn't actually care about the environment. So if they don't care about the environment, then why is it that they are ramping up their EV production? Is it because they want to be more independent of importing fossil fuels? That's probably an angle. Is it because they somehow see a giant demand for EV equipment, EV vehicles in the near future? That would make more sense to me, given the fact that the Biden administration said that half our new vehicles need to be electric by 2030. So this is, again, the Democrats, the leftists, making it look like they're doing something out of the goodness of their hearts, but really just doing it as a political favor to the enemies of the United States. This is what globalism looks like, folks. So you're going to pay more for a worse product, and you're going to pay more to the CCP? But it's actually a good thing because it's saving the environment. Let me tell you, the United States nor China care at all about the environment. We know this because of the things that China does. We know this because of the things that the United States does. Do you think it was good for the environment, for the Biden administration to blow up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline? That was one of the most, the worst ecological disasters in the history of ecological disasters, at least man-made ones. Might as well set off a volcano. <laughs> and... And frankly, these electric vehicles aren't even better for the environment yet. And I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. You guys know that about me. I know that some of you feel differently, and I respect that, and I understand that too, because there is good reason not to trust very influential people. I don't blame you for being skeptical about the likes of Elon Musk, because he's a very influential, wealthy person. And from our history, a lot of those people have been really bad, manipulative, corrupt people. But if you're charging your car in your garage and your garage is powered by coal, then you're not really helping the environment. I know Trump advocated clean coal. I'm sure that it's a thing. But as it stands, we use fossil fuels to charge green energy batteries. We just do. So if half of our fleet in 2030 is going to be electric, it's not necessarily going to have a positive impact on the environment if 80% of our electricity is created with fossil fuels. So when the leftist goes into their garage and plugs in their car and gives himself a pat on the back, there's coal burning. There is coal burning. That is, that's kind of what's so funny about this whole thing. It's just like the ignorance is, is, is so high that it's almost hard to fathom. And it's funny because we were talking about China and Taiwan just a couple of weeks ago on this very show. There was a new story coming out saying that China had issued additional sanctions against the United States because we had issued sanctions on China regarding exports of chips from Taiwan. So we came in and said, hey, Taiwan's not going to send any chips to Beijing because China, you suck. China says, fine, you're not going to get any rare earth metals. This is exactly what we need in order to meet this EV requirement set by the Biden administration. And the, the more they withhold this, the, 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 the more the prices increase for these products and the more money they're ultimately going to make, when whether they release these products to us directly and export or whether they launder it through other nations. A lot of times they issue sanctions to drive up the price, and then they just export it through a proxy. So they'll like send it to Italy, and then Italy will send it to us. And technically, we're importing it from Italy, but it actually really came from China. We see all that type of stuff happen all the time. Anyone who's seen the, the, the movie uh, War Dogs knows how supply chains can be laundered through other nations. Of course, in that movie... They were selling arms to the United States after the breakout of the wars in the Middle East in this past century, and they had only illegal Russian-made arms. Russian-made or Chinese-made, I can't remember. It was uh, AK-47 am ammunition. And they had to basically just repackage them and ship them out through another country. 
there was an issue with getting Berettas in that movie as well. I believe that's a true story. They're trying to import Berettas to the United States, and they couldn't do it through Italy for whatever reason, so they had to send them to another country as a proxy, right? A rat hole. And then export them from there because exports from that third country were legal. It's basically money laundering, right? So everybody's doing it. We know, of course, that it's happening major in the United States with Ukraine, but it happens all over the world by all these corrupt nations. And we're not the only corrupt nation, and we're not also not the only noble one. So stick with us. We're going to be covering more of that in the next segment. Before we go to break, I do want to remind you guys to pick up Turbo Force Plus now available for 25% off. I love it. I am going to ask for some after this break because I enjoy it so much. More power, more strength, and more energy. Our team of scientists worked with the InfoWars crew to create a powerhouse mixable energy formula. This is an upgrade from the original Turbo Force, Turbo Force guys. The original Turbo Force was loaded with caffeine, and it was awesome, but for a short period of time, it was real hot, short burn. This one is Turbo Force Plus. It's got less caffeine in it, but still caffeine. But it's mostly supplemented with nootropics, so that way you get the boost from the caffeine that you want without the crash, and you have that sharp, focused energy throughout the day. Make sure you check it out at InfoWarsStore.com. Get some today at 25% off, and get the energy that you need to save America. Stick with us, folks. We'll be back after this break. To the American Journal, folks. A little bit of new coverage seeing come in on Ray Epps. Of course, we all know who Ray Epps is, but so, so few of us know where a Ray Epps is. And it's funny because we saw how the left covered January 6th. This is the reason I started my podcast, One American Podcast, because I was it was the last straw for me, frankly. I was a frustrated American just like you. And nobody knew who I was. January 6th happened, and the left immediately claimed that it was an insurrection of the right. Not only did they claim that it was an insurrection, but they claimed that it was an insurrection not done by a few radical protesters, but an insurrection that was representative of half the country. So they framed half of us as domestic terrorists and traitors and seditionists. And then they lied about whether or not the FBI was involved in it. And then they were not held accountable for lying about the FBI's involvement in it. And the funniest thing about Ray Epps in that context is that he seems to be the only radical right-wing extremist on January 6th that the left defends relentlessly. He's not a fed. He's not a fed. Of course he's a fed. Otherwise, you wouldn't be defending him. <laughs> I want to show you guys a clip just to remind you, clip 13, of what Ray Epps was doing on January 6th. So I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail for Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. because he's telling him to go into the Capitol. This is January 5th. Get back tell him to go into the Capitol the next day. I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say we it. Need, we need to go, I'll say it. We need to go in to the Capitol. Let's go! January 
25th and 6th. We need to go into the Capitol. It's that way. Trying to lead the crowd to the Capitol. When we go in, we don't need to get shot. Of course, we don't know for sure if Ray Epps is a Fed. This is just speculation. This is my speculation. There's no way for us to know for sure. So I'm not prepared to make that claim. But it's worth asking the question, because why is it that the left would defend him so, despite the actions that we just saw? I mean, we saw all sorts of different protesters that the left was so critical of that were much less inflammatory protesters during the time. The case in point would be the shaman, January 6th shaman. And we covered this on this show a number of times. Of course, Tucker covered it as well. It was pretty obvious that the Capitol Police were very friendly with the shaman, leading him around the Capitol, even opening some doors for him. This was not an inflammatory person. This was just sort of a, a kooky protester. That's, of course, memorable because of the way that he looked. And why is it that he is in prison or at least charged and sentenced and convicted. I think he was basically muscled into pleading guilty to crimes that he apparently did not commit. Why is it that this person is so attacked by the left and the government, but we don't see the same level of animosity for Ray Epps? And I want to emphasize again, I don't know that he's a Fed by any means, but there's a lot of evidence that suggests this could be an option to consider. And in the event that he is a Fed, would that not constitute entrapment? I don't know how familiar with the law you are. I'm certainly not that familiar, but I am familiar with the notion of entrapment. It's one thing for a police officer to park his car in a sort of discreet location and catch you speeding. Yet it's another thing for a police officer to somehow coax you to speed. For example, if a police officer was in an undercover car like a Charger, right, and you couldn't tell that it was a cop and you're at a red light and that police officer tried to challenge you to a race in your Camaro and got you to go 120 miles per hour only then to pull you over and give you a ticket for speeding and to charge you with crimes that could result in you losing your license, you could say entrapment. You could say, I was not planning on speeding at all. I was not going to speed at all until this police officer challenged me to a race, unbeknownst to me, of course, that he was a police officer, and you could win that case. That is a legitimate defense. So in the event that Ray Epps is a Fed, if it is the case, would this not be entrapment? Are any of those January 6th protesters that... Ray Epps interacted with in the event that he's a Fed. Are any of them culpable for going into the Capitol? If for 24 hours straight, there was this man that may or may not have been a Fed, was coaxing them to go into the Capitol? Tomorrow, we got to go into the Capitol. Today, we got to go into the Capitol. It's that way. He's whispering in their ears. He's yelling at him. He's saying it on camera. And then he's not charged at all? I find it hard to believe that he's anything else. But again, 
We don't know for sure. I'd really be interested in hearing what you guys have to think. I want to get the calls to start ringing for the next hour coming up in just a few minutes here. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. I want to hear what you think about the Ray Epps story, what you think about the electric vehicles story that we've covered, along with China and France. And this new mortgage policy that the Biden administration is rolling out that seems like just the type of policy that would mitigate our problems for a short period of time and exacerbate them over the long term, thus kicking the can. And at the end of the first segment, I was talking about how we dismiss the motives of bad actors because they are bad actors. And we don't actually study what caused them to do the things that they do because we write it off as just an evil fluke that couldn't have been prevented or could only have been prevented with regulations on average people in many cases. And if you actually study how Hitler came to power in 1933, you'll note that only one in 40 Germans were actually identified as, as Nazis when the Nazis came into power. And you'll also note that unemployment in Germany was upwards of 30%. That means one in three people were out of work. And today in the United States, we have the luxury of people who are out of work typically have reasons for being out of work, right? It's either they've been injured or perhaps there's a mental illness situation going on. There are legitimate reasons to be just out of work. If unemployment's low or if the skills don't match the demands of the market, of course, there are people that are out of work that are not mentally ill and highly skilled there are exceptions to this, but when you have 30% unemployment, that means that a vast number of people every day are waking up at the crack of dawn, looking for work all day until dusk, and not finding any. And when you have that type of unemployment rate coupled with a currency that requires you to bring your money into the grocery store in a wheelbarrow in order to buy, buy a loaf of bread for your family, you start to have a people with radical ideas. And when you have a people with radical ideas, and there are enough of them, say 2% of the population, then they start to get organized. And when they start to get organized, they start to take power. And if there is a situation in a country where there are two parties, which are virtually a uniparty, that are at odds with one another and sort of really balancing the scale, it's like this immovable force meeting this unstoppable force just sort of in this lock, all you need is a small wedge to offset that imbalance or that balance. And that small wedge takes all the power. So even with one in 40 Germans identifying as Nazis, they were able to go into this dichotomy and create enough of an imbalance that all that was left was theirs for the taking. And all of the policies that our government is doing today, whether it's crippling the dollar, whether it's ruining the economy, whether it's this faux EV crap that's going to give all of our money to our enemies, is radicalizing the people. It's radicalized me. I never dreamed of being a podcaster or on InfoWars two years ago. Before three years ago, the only thing I knew about Alex Jones was Bohemian Grove because I remember watching it at my student work desk in 2012 being like, what the hell, it's real? And then I didn't really know much about him. I knew I always liked him and I thought he was charming and funny and entertaining and those things. But I've been radicalized by the left. I have been baptized by the fire that is leftist corruption. 
And I'm sure many of you feel the same way. I want to take your calls in the next segment. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. I want to hear what you think about everything that we've been talking about this morning and anything else that comes to mind. 877-789-2539. And make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Get some TurboForce Plus at 25% off and light another fire under yourself today. American Journal, folks, we're going to be taking calls this hour. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. The phones are blowing up, but we do have some room for a couple more callers. So if you're worried that you're going to have to wait too long, don't worry. Call in and I'll get you on the show this morning. Like I said, I'm going to be taking calls at this segment and this hour. If we can, let's fire up my boy, Indy Luke in Indiana, if you can. Indy, are you there? Good morning, Chase Geyser. How you doing, brother? Good morning, Luke. What's up, brother? Dude, not much, man. Hey, I wanted to get into a few of the things you were talking about, though. Um, Do it. Like, I, I never thought, you know, I'd be a podcaster. I woke up in 2011. Um, one guy at a party woke me up, bro. And, <clears throat> like, just the journey from then till now it's surreal. You know what I'm saying? And COVID really woke me up. You know, uh, I knew from then on, I was like, I knew Alex was right from then on out. You know what I'm saying? And I really started getting active with it. Yep. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's crazy when you have that like moment of epiphany, like I've had religious epiphany before where, you know, I'm like, Oh, I got to get baptized. And the nice thing about religious epiphany is that when you realize what you believe to be true, you can actually do something about it. The challenge with this is you realize the truth and you're like, oh, what do I do? It's like it's like a David and Goliath story, right? And the only thing I could think of was a podcast. What what, what did you think? What was your first like your your first inclination when you sort of came to the light of, that is Alex Jones? Well, my first when I initially woke up, I was mad. Yeah. I. I Someone told me about 9-11. I was like, you know, screw you, dude. Yeah. So I went home and I researched, and I haven't stopped since. You know what I'm saying? Like, But what really got me involved was the whole COVID thing. I've been hearing Alex plug it for years, bro. And, you know, like, he warned about the vaccines. He warned about the medical industrial complex, you know, getting in there taking stuff over and that like really just set a spark under me to get out there and start, you know, getting active. Yep. Like, thank God. Like I got, I got to plug my group here, man. TMI, big Fred, nine, nine, nine. Check us out on rumble. Um, freaking posted a show yesterday. I went like Alex Jones halfway through that show, bro. It was freaking <laughs> awesome, man. I love it. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Thanks for your call, Andy. I really do appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take another caller for the, the uh, rest of the segment. Let's talk with uh, ooh, let's talk with Wayne in Texas. Wayne, what's going on? Hey, Chase. How's it going, sir? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Good to see you in there. Eh? Um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring up uh, an article that I remember from the Wall Street Journal back in March of 2021. Okay. Uh, where the article was talking about how the China's government had restricted the use of Tesla vehicles amongst their military staff and key owned uh, state companies, as well as other diplomats, mm. for fear of the uh, in-camera recording. 
of Tesla vehicles and whatnot, recording their, their, you know, diplomatic relations or conversations they would be having in the cars and that information being sent back. Right. You know, right. obviously. To Only the, the CCP can, can spy on the Chinese people as far as the CCP yeah, is concerned. So, <laughs> so the irony that, that we would, that we would outsource electronic vehicle making over there to import them back over here, you know, is, just ironic. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, just like TikTok, though, it'll only be for us peasants to drive those vehicles or or use that. And our our uh, state actors and politicians over here, uh, you know, obviously wouldn't be exposed to those you know pitfalls. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your call on that. That's fascinating, right there. I didn't realize that Tesla vehicles had been banned in China, but it makes a lot of sense that the Chinese would mitigate any threats to their national security, especially since Elon Musk, you know, works with our government in terms of SpaceX. So there's not a long line or uh, any number of disconnects between Musk and our government. And honestly, that's probably the greatest criticism of him that I can think of. It's not his collaboration with the CCP so much as it is his collaboration with the U.S. government in terms of SpaceX and contracts like that. Is he compromised? That's a good question. More calls in the next segment. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. We are snapping necks and cashing checks. Make sure you get some Turbo Force Plus. 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. More calls this segment. We've got nine minutes. Don't hog the phone, though. I only want to talk to each of you for a couple of minutes so that I can make sure I get all the calls. Make sure you call on 877-789-2539. Next up, I want to hear from Michael in Michigan talking about the Nashville shooting because I lived in Nashville for seven years, and this is of great interest to me. Michael, what is going on, man? Not a lot. What's it like being the former first lady? What's it like being a second-rate host on InfoWars? Ah, I love it, man. What can I help can, you with today? Can you do something about the chat, your Rumble chat? Yeah. Like, can you get some mods in there? I can I can see about it. That's not, my, that's not what I do here, but well, I'm happy to look be, into it for you. Well, hey, I'm just saying there's a lot of spam going on in the Rumble chat. Okay. And I just want to let you know. Thank you for letting me know. I'll take a look. I'm and more of a getter guy myself. be released. Release the manifesto. Yeah. Goodbye. Why do you think so? That's it. All right. Call drop. Release the manifesto. You know, I was talking with my wife about this actually for a couple of days over the last couple of days regarding the Nashville manifesto. We met in Nashville. I lived there for seven years. Like I mentioned, I went to college there. And we were speculating as to why the manifesto wasn't released. And frankly, I think they didn't release it because they didn't want to catalyze hate against the trans community because my speculation is that if this wasn't a trans issue related manifesto that they would have released it and since it was that is why they're covering it up that's what i think is really going on there i want to take another call let's hear from brandon in arizona brandon what's going on man hey this is brandon from arizona man how's it going jay it's going good man thanks for calling what's on your mind Wow, too much. Wow, I can't even believe I'm calling in. I'm glad so I've you been did. Deep on this. Oh, man, there's so many rabbit holes. I've been deep on the Internet since I was a teenager. Be careful. And I, didn't get into, <laughs> I didn't get into Alex Jones till I was about in 2007. I found out about 9-11, just like the other guy I was talking about. It started from there. And depending on the kind of person you are, if you're willing to just accept lies like Santa Claus, uh, then, you know, you're never going to make it to the truth. So there's always going to be the two two kinds of people, the yin and the yang. So uh, just trying to cut through here, uh, I'm banned on YouTube seven times since November 2020. I'm banned on Twitter 
for the same uh, kind of a situation. I showed my ballot here in Arizona. I think I'm the only person on the entire Internet who took a picture of their ballot. They gave us Sharpies here in Arizona. I couldn't believe it. I started to put my, uh, uh, you know, filled out my ballot, saw it bleeding through. I was the only one to take a picture of my ballot. I asked the guy for a receipt on the way out, and, of course, he gives me a sticker like I'm a child coming out of the doctor's. And the I, I voted sticker? Booth. Yeah, he's like, "Here's and your I receipt." Put it on my mouth and took a picture. Yeah, that was my big thing. My receipt. <laughs> See, yeah, exactly. Now I've been so I make videos on my channel. Now, not all the content is mine. I'm not going to say that that it's all mine, but I do like to chop up some videos and add music and stuff like that to really kind of draw into people's heads. So I'm really banned every. Okay, so my seventh YouTube channel about a month ago I created. Uh, it was cut down within three hours, less than three hours. Now I have a few videos up about other topics. And but the only ones that they pulled down were the COVID nineteen video. Anything that had anything to do with Bill Gates or vaccine, even a music video that had Bill Gates on it, uh, it was it was taken down. And so the sixth channel before that, it went down in less than thirty six hours. So you can wow. see the progressive trend trend that's been happening. And um, obviously, it, it kind of got big with Trump and Alex Jones getting banned. And then you know Trump talked with Alex and there. So I've been watching Alex forever, man. Like. I'm obviously the guy that people call crazy, and they're not sure. But I, anybody I can get over to my Rumble channel or over on my BitChute channel is the main one because BitChute's been like, kind of like my friend since the, since I first got banned so many times. on you. And I'm telling you, man, I'll load 20, 30 videos in a day, okay? YouTube hated me. Every time I got to 500 subscribers, they would cut me. And I, I, I just got so frustrated, man. And it's all it's, that's what all this is, is, is to see how much you're willing to put up with. So mm -hmm. you give up. And apparently it was, you know, I still, you know, the seventh channel. Uh, but still, it's it, it, it's defeating, man. It's really defeating. I've lost friends, family. Uh, I can't even hold a job right now, to the God's honest truth, because I can't stop thinking about this stuff. It affects yeah. me uh, every day. Everyone should be mad like Alex. The minute someone starts talking or getting loud about something, as they should be, like a pedophile or a rapist, everyone should be screaming and yelling about this. Then all of a sudden you're Hitler or you're Alex Jones. Right. Or we got to stop you. You're not allowed to express feelings. So you could be a man and have a grunt to say, oh, but you also have to have a little bit of that female side, you know, the, the, the sacred feminine, the caring side. You know, as I have to gouge somebody's eyes out because they, they were raping a kid, I mean, I'll, I'll lovingly gouge their eyes out. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. As crazy as that sounds, that's how it's got to be. I know exactly what Alex Jones is saying. I'm a huge fan of all this stuff that everyone's doing. I feel like everyone does a little bit of part. When you, whether it's talking to a cab driver, a person at the Walgreens or the Fries or down the street, your friend, anybody, and even if they, even if they think you're crazy, there's a difference between somebody rubbing uh, uh, excrement on the walls and somebody who's talking about something that sounds crazy. You know, like if, if I bring up flat earth, uh-oh, you know, that means I'm crazy and this and that. You don't know science. Well, I'm just going to tell you that this whole world is full of lies. It's nothing but lies, literally built upon lies, the actual world. Uh, and, you know, if, you, if everyone thinks that it stops at Santa Claus, it doesn't. We're all literally trained to be accepting of lies. And so my channel here is Dead Reckon. It's D-E-A-D-R-E-K-O-N, uh, Dead Reckon, D-E-A-D-R-E-K-O-N. Uh, you can find me on whatever I've been banned from. It's just, you probably won't pop up, but BitChute is my main one, Dead Reckon, and um, – Rumble is the other main one. But, man, I don't mean to, to not let you talk or anything. It's just I could talk for days about all this stuff. It, it's effective. I can't even barely sleep. I've been, I feel like Neo, man. We're all in front of the computer right when The Matrix starts. The Matrix is my favorite movie. I've gone over it so many times and made the comparisons to everything. And not only just the deep state and all this other stuff, it literally goes into the flat earth stuff, which sounds crazy. I know we're not even going to talk about that. It's hey, man, like those who think they're crazy enough to change the world are the ones who do. So kudos to you for doing that.
Make sure if you're losing sleep over this that you take your TurboForce. Make sure you go to InfoWarsStore.com. Get your TurboForce Plus at 25% off. I'm glad that you called in. Everybody should check him out on his channels. Make sure to give him a listen. Like I said, those who think that they're crazy enough to change the world are the ones who do. Next, I want to hear from Ricky in North Carolina. Ricky, what's on your mind? Uh, yeah, good morning, y'all. Hey, how are you, sir? All right. Uh, just got a little tidbit of information that nobody is really thinking about. Mm -hmm. You can look around and see it's taking place. It's being set up, but nobody's talking about it. Nobody's really thinking about it. Uh, everybody is seeing that the left and the deep state is trying to create civil unrest. They know that if they create civil unrest, that they can enact martial law, and then they can postpone the 2024 election. Mm. All right, that's one way they're setting us up. The other way they're setting us up, Dr. Falk has already said that there could be another pandemic in 2024, all right, next year. All right, they could, should, they could postpone the election due to a pandemic shutdown. That's another way. The other way is they're setting us up for World War III. Wartime, they could postpone the election. Uh, they're setting us all up. They're setting all the stages to where they can postpone the election if Donald Trump runs. And everybody better watch Robert F. Kennedy now. You got to think, the left isn't attacking him for what he's saying. They're letting him say it. Why? Think about that. Yeah. Just wait till Robert F. Kennedy gets whacked and all the social media platforms make it a bannable offense to claim that he was whacked. That's yeah, what's going to happen, yeah. right? Like, if JFK had been assassinated today it would have been a bannable offense on all the social media platforms to say that it was done by the CIA. <laughs> right, right. Now, now, people out here, I'm a ham operator. I've been a ham operator. I'm a general class ham operator. been for years. And I'm telling everybody out here right now, you don't have to get your news on the mainstream media. That's right. You can stick you up a wire. You can stick you up a wire and talk around the world on less than 100 watts. I've talked to Russia on 83 watts. I've talked to Ukraine on 83 watts. You can talk to them people in them countries personally, one-on-one. -on -one. No remote station, no censorship, no nothing. You can find out what's going on. So, in these so when you talk to Ukraine on a ham radio and you ask them if they're winning the war, is their response, nine, nine, nine? <laughs> <laughs> no, they cuss out that. No, they cussing out the Ukrainian government is what they're doing. Yeah, I bet. I bet I would be too if I was dying for nothing. Thank you so much for your call. I do appreciate it. Make sure you guys call in 877-789-2539. I will be taking calls the rest of the hour. We got 45 minutes left of that. And if there's calls hanging over, we'll go into the third hour with calls. I'm loving these conversations today. Good to hear from everybody, and make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Again, that's 877-789-2539. We'll be right back. Welcome to the American Journal, folks. We are back and taking calls. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. It is Monday morning. The best thing you can do is get ahead of the enemy in this InfoWar that we are in take a call right off the bat if possible can we line up leslie in nevada leslie i want to hear what you think about resisting the next pandemic can you hear me yes i can how are you can you hear me yes ma'am yes i'm good great what's what's on your mind uh, okay well it's the mask it worries me because i've heard you know you only need 10 percent of the people to cause a revolution mm. and i see 10 percent of the people in nevada wearing masks still and i don't want the revolution to go that way yeah yeah, that's, that's the trick, right, is making sure that the radicals are the right kind of radicals. <laughs> well, 
Right, exactly. And so I have a radio show here in Nevada, and what my main message is getting everyone to hand pack or or cudgel or, or whatever we need to do in order to make sure these people are going to keep those diapers off their faces because that is a visible symbol of our enslavement. And if we allow this to continue, we will be enslaved. And those there are people who want to be enslaved. This is the sad thing that I see. I see people who are exhausted by their free will. Free will is too much work for them. It requires too many choices. It requires too much labor, too much attention. They would rather be paying attention to other things. Mm. And how, how do we explain to them that the face mask is the beginning of their full capture and, and get them to take them off? Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is a latency skunk mask. So I want to design a mask... <laughs> That seems like a normal mask for 30 minutes. Then after about 30 minutes of use from the moisture from your breath, activates a very foul odor so that we can teach the lesson that not everything is what it seems. <laughs> what do you think about that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, like the black, black chewing gum. Yeah. You remember the joke chewing gum that would turn your mouth black? Yep, exactly. <laughs> we need a latency skunk mask. <laughs> oh, well, that uh, I bet that'd have that old fashioned fart spray in it because that stuff was a bomb as well. So, yeah, yeah well, well, thank great. you so much That's... for your call. Can you tell her, can you remind everyone what your radio show is again? Right. My radio show is Astral Underground on my 98.1 FM, Pahrump, Nevada, KTFB. We're a low, vo uh, low wattage, 100,000 watt, pumping out an FM, trying to get the message out to keep our valley safe from the nightmare pincher movement of Las Vegas and Los Angeles, because well, we are right between them. Well, thank you so much for your call. It's an honor and a pleasure to speak with you, Leslie, and good luck out there. Uh, I'm excited to check out your radio show. Next up, I do want to hear from Whitney in Wisconsin. Whitney, what is on your mind? I hear, I see a note here for the end times and the mysterious Babylon. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. You sound great. All right. So there is um, a podcaster out there. He's also a, um, a pastor. His name is Ricky Shapiro, mm -hmm. and he has end times headlines. So he has like podcasts. He's got a free app. Anyway, so he's all up looking on everything that's going on um, in Israel. So he's always posting from like Jerusalem Post, different things like that. Um, anyway, so he kind of correlates a lot of the things that are currently happening, current events, to um, like prophecy that is in the Bible. And then, so he brings up like Revelation 18, which is, um, talks about mystery Babylon. And if you read the description of mystery Babylon, it basically kind of sounds like the United States of America, mm. basically saying, you know, um, we have the people of the world have gotten drunk off of our immoral ideas and whatnot. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's very interesting. I'm just kind of calling it and kind of trying to plug in Times headlines because he is so he's so informative. And if you're in your Bible and you're watching current events, you literally see all these connections and then you realize like we have to look outside of ourselves and we have to get connected to God. Yes. And Jesus, number one, Jesus. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned this end time stuff because I've been thinking more about this myself in light of this AI stuff. I had the privilege of being on the Alex Jones show the week before last for a couple of segments talking about artificial intelligence. And last night, my wife and I watched the movie Ex Machina. I, I don't know if you've seen it before, but I hadn't seen it since it came out in theaters years ago. And I haven't. You haven't? It's It's one that you should check out if you're concerned at all about AI. Even if you're not, it's a great movie. It's a science fiction oh, movie, I'm, of course. I'm concerned about AI for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what was interesting about it is basically the premise of this movie, and spoiler alert, is this 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 kid is sent to this this facility to test an artificial intelligence to see if it passes the Turing test. Turing test means that if you can't tell that something is artificial intelligence and seems human to you, then it passes the test and you have created AI. And what happens throughout the movie is this AI manipulates this kid doing the study on her. And by the end of the movie, manipulates the kid into releasing her from the facility so she can escape, right? She's basically been abused by some of her creators and she wants to escape. And the fascinating thing about it is that it's one thing to create artificial intelligence. And it's another thing to create artificial intelligence with a conscience, so she gets released from this facility, and instead of taking the boy who she basically seduces with him, with her rather, she locks him in the facility and leaves, leaves him behind, presumably to die, right? And so we have this situation in which we're creating these different artificial intelligences, and they're informed by whatever data or algorithms we set up in the beginning, and the, the, the function that they perform is based off of what knowledge we give them. And how do you code for a conscience? Is a conscience something that we have naturally that's a biological thing? Or is it something that is manifest out of having a human divine soul? And so I'm worried that some of these end time prophecies in the Bible might actually be around this creation of artificial intelligence, this beast that seems human, that seems good and pure, but has no soul and therefore no conscience. What do you think? when the, the beast comes into play, the Antichrist, the false prophet, there is going to be an image made, uh, uh, like a, a statue that is going to be able to talk and do miracles. Well, what does that sound like? That sounds like, sounds AI. like AI. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it is something to be very, very concerned with. I just encourage everybody, get in your Bible, get close to God. Like, it, Jesus is coming back soon. <laughs> yeah. I've been, so I've been I, sending him an invite, like, every year to come back. Oh, <laughs> Man. yeah. Hey, just in case you don't feel Every welcome, day, some of us would I, love like, to have you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but that's yeah, that's really what I was calling about is just kind of plugging the end times headlines sure. and just encouraging everybody to get in their Bibles. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for calling, Whitney. It was an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. We've got one thank minute left you. of this segment. I want to take more calls in the next segment. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. I want to hear what you think about all this stuff. Before we cut to break, I do want to remind you to check out InfoWarsStore.com and get yourself some of the more advanced formula for optimum focus and energy, otherwise known as Turbo Force Plus from InfoWars Life. It is now 25% off, folks. It is awesome. I have used it several times, and I've loved it every single time. And not only has the show been better when I've used it, but my work in the afternoon has been much more productive and efficient with this tool. Go check it out at InfoWarsStore.com. More power, more strength, more energy with Turbo Force Plus. I wouldn't say it was great if it wasn't, folks. It is great. Make America great again. Make your day great again with Turbo Force Plus today. InfoWarsStore.com, 877-789-2539. See you after this break.
Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser, filling in for the great Harrison Smith, who will be back on Wednesday. But don't you forget about me when he's back. I want to hear from you. Check me out on Twitter, Instagram, DMs, all that stuff. I'd love to hear from you. I respond to almost every message. We'll be taking more calls for the rest of the hour. Make sure you call on 877-789-2539. First up out of the gate, I want to hear from Jacqueline in Texas. Jacqueline, what's on your mind? Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. What's on your mind today? Um, well, first, I just want to say I've been loving the bone broth from Alex Jones. My whole family loves it. And I really feel like I feel the positive benefits from it. Awesome. Um, I wanted to talk about Trump versus Kennedy mm. a little bit. Sure. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Oh, that's okay. Oh, there you are. Perfect. Um, I was just going to say, you know, Trump appointed Fauci, and Kennedy wrote a book exposing him and probably would put him in prison. I don't know if Trump would. Um, Trump still touts the vaccine like it was a huge success, um, and Kennedy is kind of the champion of all of the vaccine-injured people. right. right. Um, and one thing that bugs me is that Alex Jones, who I love, said he would stop supporting Trump if he didn't come out against the vaccine. Trump, like, instantly came out in support of it again. And um, and Alex still talks about him quite highly. Right. Right. I'm with um, you on that. And then, uh, you know, one, and one thing, I was Trump's biggest supporter. But one thing that really bothers me is that he leaves the January 6th prisoners in there to rot, and then he threatens civil unrest if he were to be prosecuted. I think so so when, you mean, when you mean Trump left the January 6th prisoners in there to rot, do you mean like what, he's not doing anything now, or do you mean that he didn't well, did do anything between I mean, the 6th and the 20th? I don't think he said anything the whole time. He did I mean, come out and say that he would seriously consider just a massive pardon on all of them. I, yeah, but he also implies that his lawyers are so good. I mean, or I just, I imagine his lawyers are so good that they would keep him safe no matter what. They have mm. kept him out of jail. And I, if I would like to see him actually putting his, you know, his big war chest, all of his uh, connections to help all of them. Yeah, yeah. I see. I think that Trump is aware that the vaccine issue is a negative for him. I think he's increasingly aware of that. He, initially, he liked to brag a lot about the vaccines because he was very proud of Operation Warp Speed. And he held himself responsible for getting a vaccine to market uh, quicker than any other vaccine had ever been brought to market before, which was an impressive you know, infrastructure thing, though the vaccine was terrible, right? We, no one, no one here, I don't, I don't think at least can't speak for everyone supports the vaccine. So I, I do think that it's certainly a mistake for him to continue to brag about the success that was Operation Warp Speed, given the fact that everyone hates the vaccine so much. But in his defense, I would say that he did not advocate at any point in time for vaccine mandates. Joe Biden didn't even ma uh, advocate for vaccine mandates until after he was already in office. He lied during his whole campaign saying that he would never force people to take the vaccine. And what I, what I think is going to happen, this is just my intuition, so this could be totally off the mark, but what I think is going to happen is RFK is going to run and he's going to lose the primary in the Democratic uh, race. 
because the Democrat swamp will not let him get office. And as a nod to RFK and a way to mitigate the disaster that has been the vaccine, I think Trump in the general election is going to at least ask RFK Jr. to be his vice president. And I think that would solve Trump's vaccine image simultaneously take a lot of votes from the Democratic Party. Let's say, you know, 20, 30, 40 percent of them voted for RFK in the primary election for, for the DNC. I think that's what's probably going to happen. That would be my guess. What do you think about that? My, my grandma always said the first place in the election should be president and second place should be vice president. That way everyone feels represented. Yeah, it's, it's not a but bad idea. I would have loved to see a, a, a Trump-Hillary ticket, let me tell you. <laughs> Can you imagine those two working together? <laughs> you know, but Trump said he put RFK in his, uh, you know, overseeing the vaccines when he ran the first time. Yeah. And then, you know, I just, I I feel very, uh, I well, anyway, I, I hope that, I hope RFK wins. I'm voting Democratic for the first time in my life. RFK? This election. Yeah. Yeah, my and wife's think thinking about doing the same thing. I might have to break up with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, though. You know, I'd rather vote for an honest Democrat than, uh, you know, corrupt anything. Exactly. Exactly. I'm really enjoying your show. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. It. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in, Jacqueline. We're going to take uh, Andrew in New York next. Andrew, we just got a couple of minutes left. What's on your mind today? Oh, yeah, I think they should get rid of the, the pedo cult, uh, Dalai Lama uh, monk cult. Oh, yeah, the Dalai Lama with the tongue-sucking <laughs> thing. Yeah, and, and also um, about the CCP, we should also get rid of them. Um, they had uh, money laundering through, like, Obama, and the guy that owns, like, the Wyndham, like, resort, and DiCaprio, mm -hmm. and um, Miles Guo, who's in jail for telling the truth about the CCP. He was supposed to like testify, but he can't because he's in jail right now. And then also another China-related CCP thing is uh, the Connect uh, election um, machine. That was one of the machines they used to steal the election. Um, the true to vote, they they won a like a lawsuit or something like that against Eugene uh, Yu, who runs Connect. They were, yeah, they, first what happened was months back, Eugene Yu was, went to jail for election fraud. Then he got out and they, they put um, the people who run through to vote, uh, Catherine Anandobrad and Greg Phillips, they put them in jail. And so, yeah, so recently, true to vote won against uh, Eugene Yu in court. Yeah, yeah, well... I don't put anything past the DNC at this point. I remember, remember when Debbie Wiseman Schultz threw the election for Hillary against Bernie uh, for the for the primary election in 2016, and instead of resigning in scandal, she resigned and was immediately given a position in the Hillary Clinton campaign in, I believe, Florida, if my memory serves. I mean, these people, There's it seems like there's zero accountability, and it also seems to me like the more litigious elections become, the more they that that either party relies on lawsuits instead of just getting votes, the more of an indicator it is that corruption is rampant. What do you think? I think it takes like a long time to um, reveal and like to to build a case against against the whole system. You know, yeah. it's a big, it's a very big globalist system. But I, I think that under the radar, I think a lot of these people. I think the news is so completely different than what's actually going on. I think a lot of these people are. 
deep fakes, clones, um, <laughs> body doubles, a combination thereof. Like, I think a lot of these people have already been in Guantanamo jail, Guantanamo Bay. Like, I think it's all gonna be revealed like pretty soon. Man, I have never like, gone down. So. I've never gone down the cloning yeah. rabbit hole. So, that is, I mean, it's interesting to hear you say it. I know that some people really adamantly believe in that conspiracy. I'd love to look more into it. Certainly, the technology is there, but I just don't see how you could clone somebody and then have them reach the same age in the right time period, and also ha have them in, have the same mind to be able to talk about the context of that per the original person's life. Well, I think a lot of it too is deep fakes and mm. and body doubles and stuff. The TV is a technology could has so many like sure. things that for a long time technologies that could recreate like people like basically completely like they have like even like an audio uh, feature where they make people sound exactly pretty yeah. much exactly how Absolutely. regular person. Well, and in the context of this artificial intelligence conversation, the question really is, how long have we been interacting with artificial intelligence online and totally unaware of it? Stick with us, folks. We'll be taking more calls in the next segment. Make sure you call in 1-877-789-2539. I want to hear what you think about all of this and how you plan to help save the United States of America from the globalist takeover. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. I want to see these phones blow up like the Georgia Guidestones. First up, right out of the gate, who do I want to talk to? So many good callers on the board today. Let's talk to Matthew in Ohio. Matthew, what is on your mind, sir? Hey, how's it going, Chase? Good, man. Can you hear me, sir? Uh, yes, sir. I, I got you. Okay, you cool. Yep, absolutely. Are you changing your vote to RFK? I, I, for the primaries, I changed my party affiliation from Republican to Democrat wow. to try to do as much as I can, I think, to uh, hopefully primary Biden. Now, apparently, Rush Limbaugh petitioned this as like Operation Chaos or something years ago, but I thought I had some genuine first-time idea, and then I'm looking it up, I'm like, oh, man, but hey. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about it too because I'm I'm pretty confident that Trump is going to win the primary. If the primary, if the Republican primary seems very close, then I won't do it. But if if the um if the Republican primary seems like a, a guaranteed win for Trump, I, I would do the same thing. And in, in Texas, I don't believe that you have to actually affiliate with a party when you go to vote on the primary day. You just say which ballot you want, and they give you either a Democrat one oh. or a Republican one. So I'll, I'll probably do the same thing um, just to make sure that Biden isn't an option because I'd rather have somebody who can complete sentences than someone who can't regardless of what party they are well, that's the thing like i i was joking around but i'm like one of the things when you hear fetterman speak i'm like one of the, like, the like basic task of someone running for office in general say every letter of the alphabet and say a word affiliated with that letter within like five seconds you know a alligator b ball or whatever the case may be because i still have family that is so blue blood democrat nut job tribalistic they do not think anything is wrong with Biden. They just, they're still going with the party. Oh, he, he, he stutters and he, you know, he's getting old a little bit, but he's, he's, he's doing it for the country. I'm like, oh, just whatever. Whoa. Well, you know, <laughs> you can't fix stupid, not to call your family stupid, but there's some, some people no, just can't they, help. <laughs> they, hey, they're stupid. You can call them stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be a MAGA Democrat. <laughs> you hear yeah, Biden talk about and, MAGA and, Republicans being the bane of our uh, existence. Just wait till he sees what MAGA Democrats can do to him. We're getting an RFK in. 
an ultra mega Democrat. But here's <laughs> here's my question though: Do you think it has like any chance, or like if, if that kind of took up steam, would that do anything? You think, or is there, or is there just so much rampant cheating and fraud mm. nonsense going on everywhere? It's, That's a great question. You I better think- go to Vegas and roll bones. I don't think that he has any chance of winning the Democratic primary, but I think that if he gets enough support, he has a chance of being the VP for, for Trump. And that's why I'm tempted to vote for him is because if he has 30% of the Democratic vote and then he agrees to be Trump's VP, that's like just a, that's a shoe in for, for Trump because all these Democrats would then vote for Trump because that's the only chance of getting their guy RFK Jr. in office. True. What, uh, you know, when do they switch that from it being the VP to uh, like the loser to be the vice president. So I think that the like VP, I, 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 I could be wrong about this, but I, th- I, I, I don't know when they switched the rules on that, but I, I think the VP is selected after the primary, right? So, so Trump wouldn't have to name him as like his, uh, uh, as his VP candidate before the primary is over. So it would, you know, it'd be very easy for him to, you know, just act as if that's not even an option. And then that would be a really big, you know, sort of blow to the Democrats. If that surprise came out, I just don't know if RFK would do it. True that. And John, two things real quick. One thing, I know the old uh, Confederacy used to do, which is one of the only things I kind of like remember liking as a kid growing up in history. I was a big history buff. Yeah. They had one presidential term, one presidential term only, but it was for six years. So there wasn't this whole first term of trying to get reelected. It was getting in there, getting your points across, getting, you know, the hard head on and getting, getting to work. Yep. Do you think that is something that we can ever return to, or is that just, you know, I would love to see us re- love to see us have presidents that have one six-year term for the very reason you said. So they're not just running for office the whole time they're in office. Uh, I I think that okay, would be cool. great. I think, you know, honestly, now would probably be one of those times that it would be the most likely for something like that to happen. I think the Democrats, for example, would have to have the White House. They'd have to have the uh, the governors they'd have to have the senate and the house which they don't have all that stuff but if there was one party that had all of those positions the majority of them uh in the state support but they had a very weak president in the middle of a term then i could see them switching it to one six-year term instead of two eight-year terms if they thought or excuse me two four-year terms if they thought that their guy was going to lose they'd give them a, a bump of a couple of years uh but i don't you know so 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 biden's just the type of president you would need i'm just not sure that the political dynamics in place and some of those other variables to make that happen all right it makes sense and i i was gonna give one if I, you don't mind uh give you the alex jones battle cry I, I, on the way out when i sign off dude go ahead do it now buddy I love it, man. Thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it, man. Keep snapping next and cash and checks. Next up, I want to hear from Jack in Wisconsin. Jack, what's up, man? Can you hear me, sir? Yeah, I can hear you, Chase. One sec. Let me take off this mask. Sorry, I'm not wearing a mask because of Corona. I'm here on a mold job. I got you. Yeah, I was wearing masks before. It was cool, you know? (laughs) What's up, man? Now it's all trendy. Yeah, I wanted to circle back uh, to some stuff. Like Jen Psaki? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Wanted to circle back to some Nikola Tesla stuff. Yeah, let's do it. I know you like the Nikola Tesla I stuff. Love Nikola Tesla and, stuff. Uh, I'm a half Serbian from Belgrade and half uh, from Montenegro. So you guys are related. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, <laughs> he was the greatest American inventor. Yeah. You know, he's tamed the lightning for us. Yep. But they don't talk a lot about his, like, you know, his later works and all his like weapons, obviously, you know, since he's Serbian, he's going to make weapons. Of course. And I'm worried with pre-programming how the establishment does that. Uh, they're pre-programming us to use Nikola Tesla's weapons for like further lockdowns. Like in there, you can see how they're pushing the climate change stuff like that. They could maybe down the road, use the weather control 
weaponry that he came off with to like um, control the weather and make catastrophes to a scale that they could do uh, the government too. He was reported to have caused some earthquakes. Yeah, in Manhattan, he did the earthquake machine and um, the uh, fire marshal. That's, prob- that's probably how the in. Bidens made so much money off of off of some of these international earthquakes is they probably just, you know, use the Tesla earthquake resonator and then they, then they launder the money through whatever aid we send. <laughs> yeah. He said it was this magic. He said the whole machine for the earthquake machine was the size of a, a loaf of bread, how yeah. small it is. And it just wow. like uses small charges to like re- amplify the reverberation over and over. Kind of like when you hit a metal baseball bat and yep. it tings, you know, and then you just amp that up over and over. But most, most of all, I'm worried about his death rate. You know, like, uh, you can see, like, you know, everything runs off electricity, but Tesla said, like, the Earth is like a metal ball. And he took electricity and pumped it into the Earth and then would use a laser beam. Um, Some people said it was UV. uh, Other people said it was an ion beam. And then you dump all that uh, pumped-in electricity in one moment into the laser beam as a conduit, and you can basically project a nuclear explosion anywhere on the earth instantly so it's like super advanced technology you know no radiation that's what's caused the tunguska event in um siberia uh tesla took credit for that as well um and you know obviously i think they would use that as like oh we just got hit by a meteorite we got to lock everything down but it would just be you know another uh black weaponry deal and um you know, you can imagine like a sewing machine. This is what Tesla said. Tesla said like a sewing machine, you know, is consuming electricity. But, you know, if, imagine if you take all the electricity, you know, the sewing machine's safe when it's running off electricity. But imagine you took all the electricity a sewing machine uh, uses in one month and discharged it in like a millionth of a second. How right. much power that would Right. Or imagine in your studio how much electricity it uses in a month, you know, and you discharge all that. Like kind of similar to static electricity, static charges. So I kind of, you know, I like sounding the alarm like a klaxon, you know, a, a warning alarm that, like, you know, keep our ears and eyes open and always, uh, you know, like Alex Jones says, prepare for the worst, you know, have, like, sure. food preparation stuff. So you probably, prep- Jack, you probably know more about this than I do, but isn't it the case that when they, when he died, and I think he kind of lost it a little bit at the end, he, he you know, became kind of sort of a recluse, locked himself up in a hotel room. When he died, didn't the government seize a lot of his documents and classify them? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I know a ton about that, actually. I'm a huge fan. Uh, he was a recluse, but there was a lab there where he was staying right. in New Yorker. So he was still working, and obviously the weaponry stuff, um, you know, you're going to say you're not working when you are. And he's Serbian, so obviously, you know, like all Serbs, they love weapons. Um, but yeah, uh, they had, he had all these trunks of his technology and, uh, John, uh, I think his name was John, John G. Hughes. Trump. You mean the aviator no, no, guy? John Trump. Uh, you know, uh, Trump's uncle was from uh-huh. MIT okay. and he scooped up a bunch of the stuff. The U S military got a bunch of the stuff, but he had it like all over. And then apparently he had some stuff booby trapped too. Cause he didn't want the, he was worried <laughs> about the government bastardizing his technology and, you know, using it for evil. So he would um, wire it up, and then, you know, I mean, the FBI rumors have it that the FBI would have, like, bellhops open up the trunks and stuff, you know, wow. trying to look for yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 that's oh, bellhop do it. <laughs> that's it. That's crazy, man. Thank you so much for calling on. I appreciate it. I'm always so curious. I'd love to hear from Elon Musk the real depth of his appreciation for Nikola Tesla. Obviously, he named his company Tesla after some of Nikola Tesla's work. I wonder how 
how much he really ascribes to that teaching, that philosophy that Tesla had. Stick with us. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. We are taking calls for this segment. We're going to take calls throughout the hour, too. And I got some new news coming in that I'm going to cover as well. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. I will do my best to hit everybody on the board today. We get a lot of calls on the show. I love to hear from all of you. It's one of my favorite things about coming here on the American Journal. And just to remind you, Harrison Smith will be back on Wednesday. So I'll be here today and tomorrow. First up, I want to take Steve in Tennessee. Steve, what is on your mind, sir? Hello, uh, I was calling. I got a few things that'll never happen if Trump gets reselected. Let's do it. And uh, I base that off the fact that he could have done it while he was in office the first time. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I base things off. I also base my opinion off of whatever the Freemasons and Zionists are for. Mm-hmm. I'm against. So I got the Kennedy files get released. Advanced technologies get released. Assange gets released, 9-11 truths get released, the January 6th political prisoners get released, the Las Vegas shooting videos get released, the electronic voting system gets destroyed, the borders get secured, Fauci and Soros swing, the budget decreases, all troops get brought home. And the CIA, FBI get defunded, and the mRNA technology is banned from vaccines and food. Israeli aid is ended. Mm-hmm. Well, those are all worthy criticisms. The only one I would push back on is the January 6th thing, because I think most of those January 6th defendants were arrested after Biden was installed, so he didn't have the opportunity to pardon most of them, as I understand it. But the rest of them, I think, are legitimate criticisms of the, of the first term. Oh. Okay, that's your opinion, but like I said, I'm just basically against anything Freemasons are for. So, well, I, I am a Freemason, so that, that would explain why we disagree on the one point. But I'm 14 15th with you. Okay, well, I'll be glad for Wednesday. All right, man. Well, I'll see you later, and thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. Next up, let's take Ken in St. Louis. Hey, how are you, Chase? I'm doing good, Ken. Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind today? Well, I'm going to stick to one subject, and that's the uh, kind of the idea of an Operation Chaos with Kennedy in the the Democrat primary. Mm-hmm. I think with Biden's low numbers, it's kind of dangerous to do that because Kennedy's liable to win, and if he does, he won't have a chance to be a vice president to Donald Trump. I think that they would be a dream team. Yeah. What, yeah. Are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I know you like you like him as a as a president and vice president, but uh, yeah. So you think there's a danger there to that? A danger of them t- teaming up? No, a danger to uh, doing an Operation Chaos and Republicans going in voting Democrat, and then right. You I know, see what you mean. We we nominate Kennedy, and he's in a fight head to head with Donald Trump. He won't have a chance to be the vice president for Trump. If I he see. Wins so, you, so you're saying you're saying if Kennedy actually wins the primary election, and then it, it it seriously risks a Trump presidency. Is that right? No, I don't think it. I don't think it risks the Trump presidency. I think Trump will win either way. Mm. But I think what happens is Kennedy becomes the nominee, and then they're right. in an election against each other. 
if he loses the nomination, Trump has a chance to nominate him as the vice president. You know, I actually think this is an even more desirable outcome. And, and the reason I think that I've only got a few seconds left is because the vice president is largely a symbolic position. There's not a whole lot of power there unless it's bestowed directly by the president. And if RFK loses entirely and isn't VP, he can get any cabinet position. I mean, he could be secretary of health, whatever. You could be appointed by Trump to actually directly oversee some of these vaccine initiatives. Stick with us, folks. We'll be back after this segment. Make sure you uh, call in 877-789-2539 and visit InfoWarsStore.com. Looking forward to hearing more from you after this break. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'll be taking more calls throughout the hour. Call in 877-789-2539. I want to hear from the Rumble chat. I want to hear from the Getter chat. Call in. Let us know what you think about everything that we've been covering and talking about today. A lot of great calls last hour. And again, I will be taking more this hour. So call in 877-789-2539. First up, something very interesting happening in the Biden administration. I want to talk a little bit about this new report that I saw from Citizen Free Press linking to Susan Rice stepping down as Biden's domestic policy chief. Now, this article is very funny because, of course, it comes from a leftist outlet, and we see a number of different delicate dances happening regarding this news that Susan Rice is leaving. The first thing that we see is there's sort of a lot of, hey, that she's not being fired. You know, she's leaving on good terms. She's going to be with us till the end of May. They're really trying not to offend Susan here, but they're simultaneously trying to make sure that, it, that, that, the, that the audience, the readership of this article, doesn't think that Susan's leaving over any sort of scandal or discrediting of the Biden administration. And I just love to read through this because it's this delicate political sort of BS balance going on. And maybe BS assassin can call in and let us know what he thinks about this. But President Joe Biden's domestic policy advisor, Susan Rice, is stepping down from her post next month, multiple current and former senior administration officials told NBC News. Rice's last day in the White House is May 26th. I believe that'll be Memorial Day weekend, so she's probably working up until the holiday. White House Chief of Staff Jeff Zients said Rice, who served as national security advisor during the Obama administration, great job, has been critical to driving Biden's agenda and has taken the Domestic Policy Council to new heights. Again, she's just got an outstanding track record. <laughs> the process for Biden to select Rice's successor will include candidates both inside and outside the White House, a second senior administration officer said. Why is she leaving, though? There's no explicit reason here. I think... Susan Rice is going to try to primary Joe Biden, and that's why she is leaving the administration. I think she's getting out before things get worse. She knows things are going to get worse, and she doesn't want to be associated with any of the scandals or problems that the Biden administration seems to catalyze consistently in the White House. Rice, who was on Biden's shortlist for vice president, again, a piece of evidence that she might be running for president, Entered the job without a domestic policy background, having served in foreign policy roles during the Obama and Clinton administrations. Among her first moves in the Biden administration was to adopt a structure at the Domestic Policy Council, similarly to that of the National Security Council, bringing in policy experts and codifying a process for convening officials across the government. 
The timing of Rice's departure also coincides with the growing controversy over the White House's handling of migrant children who've, who've arrived uh, unaccompanied at the southern border amid questions about whether the White House, including Rice, ignored warnings that sponsors of migrant children were making them work grueling jobs in violation of child labor laws. The White House has said that this is not the case. The senior administration official said Rice is proud of her work on the border. So it's not because, you know, she was responsible for domestic policy while we, <laughs> we were found to be forcing children to work against child labor laws. That has nothing to do with the reason that she doesn't want her name associated with the Biden administration at all. The administration officials said the controversy has nothing to do with Rice's decision to leave, which they said was already in the works. Immigration is one of the issues where Rice has at times clashed with other administration officials, such as Health and Human Services Secretary, over the approach to handling migrants at the border, for instance. Often described as tough and dogged, Rice also has endeared herself to some of the White House's younger staff members and maintained a close relationship with Biden, according to some of her current and former colleagues. I think she's running for president against Joe Biden. That would be my guess. I would be surprised not to see an announcement by the end of this summer to that effect. But that's all speculation, of course. Make sure you guys are calling in 1-877-789-2539. I want to hear what you think about this. And we've got a few minutes left in this segment. I want to hear from Tin Man in Austin. Tin Man, what is on your mind? Hey, man. Uh, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've been hearing everybody, you know, praising RFK Jr., you know. Yep. And it, 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 to me, I look at, I, I'm looking at them, I'm seeing just it's Hitler, basically. They're using the Hitler playbook. What do you, you mean? Know, they've already they've destroyed America, and mm. now they have this guy that comes out and just tells people the obvious, and everybody wants to flood onto him like he's a hero. He's not a hero. He he's coming for your guns. He's gun, you know. To me, he's he's basically Hitler. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, that's certainly a reasonable theory that the Democrats want to weaken the economy, weaken the United States as much as possible, and then offer the solution to 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 gain power that's certainly what they've been doing basically ever since we went off the gold standard in the 70s they create these programs that they know are going to inflate the currency and weaken the currency and make people more vulnerable knowing that once people are more vulnerable they're going to turn to government for the solution and exactly. the democrats are always the ones offering those solutions i will say however though that if you can feed your family things are not nearly bad enough yet for a hitler type person to come in things have to be yeah. really bad yeah that 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 gets me to my second my second point I wanted to, to get across, um, I'm going to talk about this on my show tonight, but Biden just Biden just did an executive order that's basically going to screw over the whole middle class. Um, so it's going to it's going to raise your cost for home buyers with good credit and 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 anybody with bad credit, you're you're going to have to pay for their for their loans. Not only that, the banks aren't even going to give you loans to get to get a house. He, like this executive order that starts May first basically just destroyed the middle class for America. Yep. Yep. You think the banks are going to give loans to people with lower credit at a lower interest rate? You think the banks want to do that? The, the, yeah, you're exactly right. People just aren't going to get approved for loans. And then the Biden administration is going to come out and say that it's the greed of the bankers and they're going to put more regulations on business to try to force them to do it. And that's going to create even more withdrawal from the, from the uh, industry. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, those are all solid points. Thanks for calling in, Tin Man. I really do appreciate that. I want to hear from Robert in Thailand. Robert, what's on your mind? Oh, hey, so uh, great show. Thank you. Uh, I think it's always great when you stand in uh, or that. sit in. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so first thing I want to mention was about the Chinese cars. I just watched a video from Serpent ZA, 
uh, on YouTube. He's a uh, part of the China show, and he also has a um, ADV podcast and then a show on the side. And um, he's a China watcher. They're China watchers, and I actually found them um, just because somebody else plugged them on Infowars. But anyway, he was just mentioning how their premier brand, their flagship model and the premier brand, and then all the way on down to several other models. But he was particular about that flagship model because it's the pride of their their best, their very best EV. Uh, well, basically, they're all just blowing up. <laughs> like, they're extremely unsafe. Uh, they're not all blowing up. That's an exaggeration. But, I mean, it's not much of an exaggeration. Um, and, like, there's instances where multiple instances where the airbags don't go off in extreme uh, situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think it would be best for us if we avoid you know, bringing those over to the state. Yeah. Uh, that was my two cents on that. I mean, you did make what if, what if we designed time. an airbag that went off if you went into like a commie, gov- like commie territory. So like, as soon as you cross the border driving into California, just airbags, like get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually funny because I mentioned to the call screener that uh, my separate, and this is a good segue into my second topic cool. was that I'm, I'm a breeder out here in Thailand. So I grew up for medicine. Yeah, yeah, I, I breed cannabis and I grow it out here for medicinal oh, gosh, purposes. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I was thinking of something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I want to have kids, but not, uh, I'm waiting a couple. <laughs> make sure that, I want to see what the next virus is going to look like before I decide to make that leap. But, uh, but you know, uh, anyhow, yeah, you know, I, I do breeding and, and make different strains. And I just made a strain and I named it Ray Epps so that uh, to help spread the word about that a little bit. You know, people will be like, oh, who's that? And I'll be like, well... I won't tell them. I'll make them Google search it. It's, so it's a hyper paranoid strain. As soon as you take it, you feel like the feds are watching at all moments. Or it's a, no, it's a real hype. It's a real sativa dominant one. So I'm be like, yeah, if you smoke too much of this, you're going to start storming, you know, into places, <laughs> following, following FBI agents into Capitol buildings. And then they're, they're going to take a quick left turn and you're going to go inside and they're going to like duck out behind the bushes. Oh, man, I love you it, know. man. That's great. Well, thank you for calling in. I appreciate your feedback, and I think your thoughts are, are really succinct. Good luck with your your new strains there in Thailand, and I hope that your business continues to be successful despite the collapse of the entire world around you. Make sure you guys call in for the next segment, one 789 2539 I will be taking more calls throughout the hour. And make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Check out the Turbo Force Plus. It is 25% off, and it is true. It does give you more power, more strength, and more energy. I have found that it is incredibly effective. I used to rely on Red Bull sugar-free, and now I prefer Triple Force Plus. Make sure you check it out. It will keep you going all day long. Infowarsstore.com, 877-789-2539. American Journal, folks. We've been taking calls the rest of the hour. 877-789-2539. Make sure to call in. Let me know what you think about what we've been talking about today on the show or anything else. I want to hear from you. First up, I do want to hear from Jim in Philly. Jim, what is on your mind about RFK and the environmentalists? Um, I'm just worried about Robert Kennedy Jr. Yeah. Because um, he's an environmental lawyer, it seems like he is piggybacking on the Green New Deal. As much as, you know, he wrote the real Anthony Fauci, which is very eye-opening, the great book, I just feel like he doesn't want America to burn coal and oil. Yeah. So I kind of I feel like he's walking in the center to get uh, former Democrats that realize that the clot shut's bad for him. But... 
that Green New Deal proposal that he's standing behind. I mean, he stands with a Tasia Cortez behind that, so that says everything to me. Yeah, well, I think that we're going to have a hard time finding a Democratic candidate that isn't a green energy environmentalist environmentalist person. And, you know, hopefully in the event that RFK was a, was a VP, it would never manifest in any way. Um, of course, if he was the Democratic candidate and somehow beat Trump in the general election, that would be problematic. But yeah, I just, I just think that it would be really healing for the country to have a Trump presidency with a Democrat like RFK, who, even though I disagree with him on environmentalism, is at least seemingly reasonable and willing to push against the party. Because this whole anti-vax thing is very anti-democratic party, in my opinion, and, and that's sort of why I think he's going to lose in the, in the primary. But it would just be so cool to see a ticket of a Republican and a Democrat. I don't know when the last time opposites were together like that on a presidential ticket. Yeah, it's just, if you, you know... If you don't have cheap energy, you don't right. have cheap goods or services. And that's, you know, my number one thing, besides the gun thing, I'm sure he's against. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, on top of that, it just almost seems like he's standing with Atasia Cortez. <laughs> I mean, car carbon emissions is, like, one thing. I get, like, not wanting... Round up in your garden and having clean water. I think everyone should stand sure. for that. But yeah, environmentalism just, doesn't really mean environmentalism anymore. Environmentalism today means making sure that government funding gets you know laundered to special interest contractors more than it actually means clean water and, and no roundup in your yard. <laughs> right. I mean, when you shut down the North American pipeline and then there's supply and demand, and then oil gets more expensive. You know, it's and oil companies are making more money than ever because because of it, you know, and they're the ones behind the Green New Deal in the first place. It's just like how to make goods and services cost as much as they can possibly cost while we the printing presses are going, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your call, Jim. Next up, I want to take Lisa in Austin. Lisa, what is on your mind today? I'm not sure if the call is ready. Right. She's brand new. What's up, Lisa? I hear you. Hey, good, hey, good morning. Calling from Austin. So I know everybody's on this uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. train, but I'm not. Carrie Lake is still has my vote for for Trump, and I just I don't understand. This dynamic is is absolutely perfect. She has been with him since the very beginning. She's fierce. She's a mama bear. I mean, she's very protective of our country, and I. I'm not riding that train. Absolutely not. So you're not you're not supporting RFK because you support Carrie Lake? Is that am I understanding what you're saying? Absolutely. Right? What what's Absolutely. the difference? She's, like like where, how does how 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 does how is that mutually exclusive? Well, he hasn't really gone out and said that he I mean, he hasn't said anything about, you know, wanting to be right behind Trump, and that's all she's ever said from the get-go. I see. So you think that you think just, that she, she should be the VP? Absolutely. I see. She is okay. fierce. She's nonstop. She's she's not going to stop until she gets to the end of all of the fraud, the voting fraud. She's not scared to raise her voice. She's classic. She's she definitely has my vote. Do you think that Carrie Lake as a VP candidate would get Trump more votes or just recapture the same votes that he's gonna get anyway? I I think it would switch the dynamic. I, yes, I do think it would get more votes and I think it would switch the dynamic. Because, well, 
and I hate to bring female into this, but, um, you know, I mean, there is that element that could help some of the, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's nice to have that. It's nice to have that component. Well, I do appreciate your call, Lisa. Good thoughts there. I want to hear from BS assassin. I see a note here. hundred percent of space is fake and Musk is in sad shape. Dude, what's on your mind? (laughs) Yo, what's up, buddy? Hey, man. What's up? I hear you. You sound good. Yeah, I just want to figure it out. I was trying to prove to the world that space is uh, a hoax. You think space is fake for real? You're not just kidding? Well, no, no. Well, there's the cosmos, but you only get there through transcendence, but they want you bound down to the scientific masonics, you know, as usual. They want you to go, oh, crazy, Eli. You can take a rocket up there and go see the cosmos. The only way you get there is through transcendence. But anyway, um, so, so we know that this is fake because if it was real, a hillbilly would have shot an F-150 up there by now, and he'd be, do- be doing donuts on the moon. Well, also- Tesla shot a Tesla up there. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, yo, it look, it looks so, it looks so, it looks so real. It's, uh, it looks so. What did he say? What was his comment? He goes, uh, it, it, it looks, it, it's so real. It looks fake. That was his comment. Let me tell you something. If you really had a guy that was, you know, doing space travel, he wouldn't sound like. Beavis and Butthead's retarded cousin from South Africa. Oh, space. Oh, 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 oh. You go to oh, oh, flux capacitor. Oh, 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 oh. Those guys would be the most rigid, hardcore dudes you've ever seen, brother. They'd be looking like Jocko. If we had space marines, bro, they wouldn't be these flabby-ass Masonic jerk-offs fooling the world with their... Oh, why with does everybody space, that calls in the show hate the Masons so much? I'm a Freemason, BS. Jerk-off, bro. A... You, you guys are using religion to control people instead of bringing no, people No, 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 no. The Freemasons were started as part of the Reformation to get out of the Catholic Church because they didn't like the Catholic Church controlling religion. No, no. They were started to use religion as a weapon to control, to control the masses. Oh, That's dude. Why dude, I love table, your calls. Bro. I love when you call in, and I'm, I appreciate you being kind to me and cool to me, but I'm telling you, dude, you guys are wrong about the Freemason thing. And the reason I was oh, up front okay. about it is because I didn't want to look like I was keeping it a secret and have you guys find out, you know? So I... I what, what, how, why are you so convinced, man? Because, like, our founding fathers, man, so many of them were Freemasons. Do you, like, all do you support liars. Benjamin Franklin or, or those guys? Yeah, they're all lying scumbags. George Washington was a British loyalist, <laughs> connected, connected to the Roman, the Romans. He's a British loyalist. He was the first president of the country that rebelled against he Britain. He wanted to join the Royal Navy. He wanted, he had aspirations to join the Royal Navy. That he was, he, and then they said, they said, no, no, George, we got a better plan for you. You're going to be the, you're going to be the fake king. You're gonna you're gonna lead all these patriots in the wars, and you're gonna help us conquer North, North, the northern hemisphere. Come on, bro. The writing's on the wall. What do you? What do you we we we've never stopped fighting over here since good old George was there. If if you know what I mean, it's all horse crap. This guy, this it's all BS, man. So Damn, the, so, the free, so in your opinion, the Freemasons, including George Washington and some and several of the founding fathers, Luciferian, the Luciferian, Luciferian. Yeah, you follow a Luciferian ma- manifesto. That's not 100%. true at all. You don't even have to believe in Lucifer to be a Freemason. Yeah, but you guys, that's what you that's what ultimately, is, what, what you guys believe is, is Luciferian, is, is rebirth through destruction and keep everybody building, and that's how you keep Will you stay? We're about ready to go to break. Will you stay on the line? Because I want to hear more from you about this in the, after the break. Is that cool? Okay, man, stick around. We'll be right back. We're going to break in about eight seconds. Make sure you call on 877-789-2539, and we're going to go into it more with BS Assassin in the next segment. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. We're taking calls and breaking balls. We've got BS Assassin on the line here. He is snapping about the Freemasons, and I don't blame him. I don't blame any sort of skepticism around secret societies, but I'm pushing back a little bit as a Freemason myself. 
You mentioned that George Washington was a Luciferian. I want to ask you, BS Assassin, I got a list here of the founding fathers who were Freemasons. Again, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, John Hancock, Paul Revere, Samuel Adams, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, Thomas Jefferson, and John Paul Jones. Were they all Luciferian? All working for the Roman the crown, the old crown for world domination. Yes, all power-hungry scumbags. Sorry to tell you. Oh, Sorry to tell you that, man. Dude. Yeah, they, listen, listen, when guys kill you, they don't tell you they're doing it, man. Just like Trump, they do it with a smile. Way more effective, brother. You know what I mean? So you, George so Washington. Like, what are your thoughts on like the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence signed by so many Freemasons? That, Bad news? That was that wasn't written by them. That was written by guys that got hunted down and got destroyed. The, the real, the real founding fathers who had their families put in slavery. They John wrote Hancock that. They had wrote his name that. the biggest as the biggest signer of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, but what about all? Yeah, but, he, but any, anyone that didn't get hunted down, the, the original guys were regular lawyers, regular dudes. They no, no royal, no, no royal connections. And they all got all those guys who weren't connected to the royal family in some in some facet or Freemason or scumbag. They they all got hunted. They could look this up. They got hunted down. Their family got put in slavery. Horrible, horrible what happened to them. So you think the Freemasons got an easy out during the revolution? They hijacked it, man. They they orchestrate all these wars to benefit themselves, to benefit the bankers, the royal families, and 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 the. Uh, and the freaking, uh, you know, the corporation. They, well, they I do, I do agree time. with you. I do agree with you that Freemasonry was a major orchestrator of the American Revolution. I just disagree at the notion that that was a bad thing. I mean, would you rather have us under the king? We've we've always we've never left under the king. Don't you understand that? When have we not been serving the crown and doing their bidding and working in, in direct correlation with them? I mean, what what war has ever benefited a common man? Every the Revolutionary War. <laughs> the, that, that benefited the, the common man, the Revolutionary War. By, Hell by yeah, it did. For the first time ever, but, he had private property rights and didn't have to swear allegiance to a king. We, we, we've been paying taxes the whole time, kicking our money back there. The well, we haven't been paying income tax the whole time. We haven't been paying income tax only since oh, 1913. That was yeah, almost yeah. 200 years later. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting worse, but it we always kick back to them. We never stop kicking back to them. We always kick back to them. I tell you what, them. man, what you got to do, what you got to do is you got to go to your local Masonic Lodge and just see those guys and then ask yourself whether or not you think they're really ruling the world. Because I tell you what, if Freemasonry is taking over the world, it's doing it one spaghetti dinner at a time. But BS Assassin, I do appreciate you calling in. I'm going to cut you off and take oh, some more calls no. this segment. But well, if you have a final thought you want to give, though, go ahead, man. Yeah, one more thing. Hey, I, I forgot. I forgot my final thought. Hey, you guys, God bless everyone. Take okay, care. God bless you, man. Take care. <laughs> All right, let's talk to Casey in South Carolina. Casey, what's on your mind? Might have lost her. She's been on hold for a hot minute. Uh, Alex in Michigan, what's on your mind? Can you hear me now, hey, Alex? What's up? what's up, man? What's up, dude? Thanks for calling in. Am I going to get another berating from an anti-Masonic guy? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say that you know, I'm tired of the Freemasons taking credit for the Revolutionary War because that's true. There's America a lot more than just that involved. That's true. Is founded by Protestant Christians. Well, like there's the a lot of Protestant Christians who are Freemasons. Well, not, not back then, but like now, yeah, like the Southern Baptist Church is full of Freemasons now. But the Southern Baptism is Protestant. It's it's not Catholic. Anything not Catholic is protesting the Catholic Church, therefore Protestant. Yeah, but there was this schism in Freemasonry at the time in the 1700s and 1800s. There was a schism be because 
the leaders found out the Jesuit order was in control of the Masons at the top level, so there was like a schism, and that also helped our revolution because the Masons didn't want to be controlled by the Pope. And um, <clears throat> basically, they they helped in the American Revolution, but I would say it was more of a Protestant revolution, similar to the English Civil War with Oliver Cromwell leading the Protestants against the Catholic King Charles. Okay. Well, good um, points. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. I want to hear from Josiah in Kentucky. Josiah, what's on your mind about George Washington? Hey, how's it going, Chase? Hey, um, man. What's one up? thing that has not been mentioned, and Alex has mentioned this many times, the Freemasons did not originate as a satanic organization. They were a Christian organization. And George Washington, in his own diaries, this is something that Alex Jones mentioned many times in the past, that the Freemasons were being infiltrated by the Satanists, and they were infiltrated. So do I believe that there are good Freemasons? Yes. But the current-day Freemasons are absolutely 100% Satan worshipers. Maybe not your branch, but that's already been okay, so clearly I, I appreciate you giving Washington. me the benefit of the doubt. I appreciate that because I was going to ask you, you honestly think I'm a Satanist. And so I appreciate you, you putting that caveat on there. But let me ask you this. What organization that exists today hasn't been infiltrated by Satanists? Oh, I mean, if you were Satan, what would you want to take over first? You take over the Christian church because we are the strongest. We have the direct connection to God. We're the ones creating liberty and freedom for everybody. We're the first nation to abolish slavery. We're the first nation to create freedom. It's never happened in the entire history of the world. There's never, slavery's not never existed. It's always existed yeah. until America came. That's an we outstanding point. Everything. Yeah, that makes sense. We did, and and I agree with you that the, the the better something is, the more good or moral or divine something is, the more appealing it is for evil to circumvent or or subvert. Thank you for calling, Josiah. I appreciate it. Let's hear from Aaron in South Carolina. Aaron, what's on your mind? All right, Chase. You heard Alex say that if he found out Trump was involved with any of Epstein's dealings, that things would be very different, right? All right. What do you got? Okay, I'm not going to tell you what I have on Trump. <laughs> Why are you calling, bro? You. <laughs> this is the news. Because, listen, hold on a second. Hold on. Okay, I'm holding on. I spent I spent a lot of time with Maria Farmer throughout 2022. Okay. I tried to get I tried to connect her with Alex several times. Didn't work out. I have information. I have no problem telling you what I've got on Dershowitz, but for me to come out and tell you what I know about Trump. I, I would rather just give you the information or give with Greg Reese, let you figure out what you want to do with it. I tell you what, if you send but Greg Reese a DM, you, if you send Greg Reese a DM on Instagram, he'll probably respond to you. That's how I met him. <laughs> I'm not allowed on Instagram, so okay. I don't know. You guys are in an information war. Don't have the information, and I know you don't have this information because you haven't spent any time with Maria Farmer. Well, would the world be better so, off if InfoWars covered this information or not? I don't know, dude. I, I don't know. This is not this this is not stuff that I wanted to hear. My heart was broken. Mm, okay. Now, yes, you need this information because this is reality. What's really happening? So what what's, what makes you reluctant to, to share it though? What, why aren't you sharing it right now? This is your shot, man. Because of the implications of what I'm telling you. Are you worried for your life? So, 
Okay. I'm just not ready to. I'm, I'm not ready to do that. Okay. Look, you want some. You want some details. How about Alan Dershowitz? Okay. How about Alan Dershowitz? Um, how about you got a pen and paper? Yeah. Okay. Warren Kramer mm-hmm. from Boston Provident Financial made an investment for Jeffrey Epstein on behalf of Alan Dershowitz. That investment went bad, so Epstein made the phone call to Orrin Kramer and said, one of us is going to make Alan whole. If I have to do it, you're going to regret that. Or the lawsuit Virginia Gaffrey is about to throw on Alan Dershowitz for having sex with her when she was a minor. Mm, yeah, I remember okay, I heard about that. So, so listen, listen. I don't, I don't care how lofty this information is. The main thing is, Alex has got these guys on his program. Listen, he's going to get burnt. I don't want Alex to be a fool getting burnt by these people. For one and for two, this is an information war. You have to have the information, whether you like it or you don't. Interesting too, because Alan Dershowitz came out in support of. Keith Ranieri of Nexium. Will you stay on the line and join us at the beginning of the next segment? We'll be right back, yeah. folks. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. We're getting into the weeds a little bit today. I love it. I love all of the calls. I appreciate it. We are on the air with Aaron from South Carolina. We were tying up the end of the last segment, and we're still with him at the beginning of this segment. Aaron, you were going into some details about Dersh, man. Can we? Do you, do you remember where we left off? I want to let you take it and, and, and finish your point. Uh, actually, you you said something about Dershowitz that I never heard before. I wanted to ask you, but hey, let me give you a little quick side note. Yeah. I'm driving west on 74 through North Carolina, and I just passed a bridge that had uh, Infowars spray painted on one of the columns. Ah, that's awesome! Did you get a picture? No, I'm driving. I was just. I didn't know if you were a man that likes to live dangerously. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, dude, uh, Dershowitz is no good. He's he's not good. You need to be tell Alex to be very careful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I, I have some skepticism. Not only that. Okay. You know, Les Wexner is the guy behind Jeffrey Epstein, right? No, I don't actually know much about it. Fill me in. Okay. Les Wexner, he's the owner of Victoria's Secret. He is the one who was. He's not I mean, the one that I killed himself, is he? No, Les Wexner's still alive. He's an old man, and he's not good. Okay. So you need to look at the connections between Dershowitz, Wexner. There's a lot, man. There's a lot. and So you think Trump is culpable because he's tight with Dershowitz? Is that what you're worried about? I'm, I'm just trying to tie this into Trump, because I, I think oh, the beginning I, you were thinking Trump was tied in with Epstein. Well, he is. Okay. Listen. Maria Farmer had to go into hiding for 10 years after she reported Epstein to the FBI. She went into hiding. Yeah. There were two, two families that she had to hide from, the Clintons and the Trumps. So I don't know. I know in 2005 something happened with Trump where he changed. In so, terms of the Epstein stuff, came out against him, kind of wrote him off. In terms of who he was and, and all the crap that he was involved in. Mm. So is he the man that's supposed to lead this country? Right now? I don't know. Alex says if he finds out about this stuff, he'll never support him. But me, I don't know. Is it possible that I Trump disassociated himself with Epstein as soon as he got to the bottom of what was really going on? I mean, that's what I would like to think, right? Uh, that, that sounds great, but unfortunately, no. 
And that's so what Maria Maria Farmer has countered that notion. She said, no, he knew what was going on, and he was cool with it. Listen, the last time I talked to Maria, she, I had her uh, do a video for me for Alex, give to Alex. The last time I talked to her, she was a little pissed at Alex for his support for Trump. Mm. So you guys can you take my word for it, get the stuff that I have, or just forget about me. Just go straight to Maria. Jason, I mean, you should have, Alex should have talked to her anyway. Sure. sure Jason that would have been Berman, interesting. You know Jason? No. Jason Burmis is one of your guys. Your producer probably knows who I'm talking about. He's talked to Maria. You should be able to get a hold of her. If you don't want to mess with me, just go get the information. It's out there. And then, then you got to figure out what you're going to do with this because it's, it just complicates things. Well, I appreciate you calling in, Aaron, uh, and making us aware of it again in, in this new way. And I appreciate you staying on through the break as well to, to, to finish some of your thoughts and ideas on this. Thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. And next up, I want to take uh, Jefferson in Virginia. Jefferson, how are you today, sir? Happy Monday morning, Chase. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling again. It's always good to hear from you. Uh, it's a pleasure to listen in on your show. Um, Maria Z is often a uh, guest host on, like, Wednesdays on InfoWars, and she has a piece on her uh, media site, vmedia.com, and it's on Brighton, where she's talking to Todd Callender, Ken Ferguson, and Lisa McGee. And Lisa McGee is the researcher for these two attorneys, and she has found out through Freedom of Information Act uh, filings that neither Kamala, Garland, Walensky, Floyd Austin, anybody in the cabinet for Biden they all have defective affidavits on file for their sworn oath of office. So they are illegally holding their offices and operating, and everything they do while they're in office is Part, illegal. Pardon my ignorance. What's a defective affidavit? Uh, when you don't fill it out properly or you don't put in the correct information, you, you put it on file, uh, but you don't fill it out properly. Like, so uh, technically they haven't taken their oaths of office? Correct. Okay. So they know they're defective. They know that they, what they've done is illegal, but they're getting away with it. They, they're going through the motions. But what they're trying to avoid is being on the record as being treasonous. They're okay with going to prison potentially, but they don't want to be as traitors, which would make them guilty of, of being executed. So right. They're, so, they're, so, so since they haven't properly taken the oath, it's much harder to charge them with treason. Is that right? That's the thinking anyway. But it is evidence that they know that they are illegitimately in office along with Biden. So it's, it's another uh, piece of the puzzle that these people clearly are, are trying to limit the damage if they're exposed, which is, you know, if we believe that there's a sting operation involved, that one day that uh, all this is be revealed with all these unsealed indictments that are sitting around. But it's just another clue that something's up and there is still hope. <laughs> And that's the channel on Brighton that it's on, on High Hopes is the channel, and the title of it is Uncensored Receipts, Kamala Garland Walensky Operating Illegally, Not Under the Constitution. Thank you so, so much for your call, Jefferson. I do have some breaking news that I want to cover. Apparently, Tucker's out at Fox. Fox News reports, press.foxnews.com, New York, April 24th, 2023. Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. We thank him for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a contributor. Mr. Carlson's last program was Friday, April 21st. Fox News Tonight will air live at 8 p.m. Eastern Time starting this evening as an interim show helmed by rotating Fox News personalities until a new host is named. Another report here from 
mediate. Tucker Carlson, the top-rated host at Fox News, is leaving the network. This seems to come quite suddenly. I mean, this is something that I've sort of been advocating for for a long time because I think Fox is Tucker, and I think if he realizes that that's the case, then he realizes he doesn't need them and he'd be better off doing his own thing. But Tucker Carlson, the top-rated host at Fox News, is leaving the network. The abrupt departure, very abrupt, of the controversial primetime host comes a week after Fox News reached a $787.5 million settlement with Dominion Voting Systems for over the for over-the-network's promotion of former President Donald Trump's false 2020 election claims, according to this article, of course. The bombshell settlement, the biggest media payout in history, prompted many to question if Rupert Murdoch would make major changes at the networks. And they cite this statement again. Fox News, in their press release, goes on to say, Fox News Media operates the Fox News Channel, FNC, Fox Business Network, FBN, Fox News Digital, Fox News Audio, Fox News Books, the direct-to-consumer streaming service, Fox Nation, and Fox News International, and the free ad-supported television service, Fox Weather. Currently, the number one network in all of cable, FNC, has also been the most watched television news channel for more than 21 consecutive years, while FBN ranks among the top business channels on cable. Owned by Fox Corporation, Fox News Media reaches nearly 200 million people each month. Holy cow. So did they fire Tucker over the Dominion reporting that caused this settlement or did Tucker leave because he realizes he doesn't need him? I can't believe it. I am very excited to see what Tucker Carlson does on his own. I had the privilege of watching Tucker Carlson's podcast, which, of course, is available to the public. When he appeared on the Full Send podcast, I believe. And I thought, man, this guy is so cool. I had no idea that he was like this when he was off the air. He was doing things like putting in a dip and drinking a beer. And he was just, his, he heard his Mozart laugh too. I don't know if the, if the crew has a bit of that, but his, his laugh sounds exactly like Mozart from the movie Amadeus about Mozart. And I thought, man, this guy would kill it if he just did his own thing. And now he finally has the opportunity to do that. I think that Fox is going to feel the pain of Tucker Carlson's departure. They either made a terrible decision by cutting him loose or Tucker Carlson made a wonderful decision by realizing just the talent that he is and the value that he brings. Do you guys think that Tucker Carlson is going to start his own podcast? Is he going to join a different network? Maybe he'll go in to replace Stelter at CNN. Are they still looking for a replacement over there? <laughs> that, would be, that would be an absolute hoot. I can't believe that he's finally leaving Fox. What is Fox going to do without him? Does it even have a chance? So many questions come to mind regarding this. It has been an honor and a pleasure being with you this morning. I will be back for one more show tomorrow morning. And then, of course, the great Harrison Smith will be back on Wednesday. I'm looking forward to having Harrison back so that I can enjoy the show as a listener and potential caller every morning from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Make sure you guys stay tuned. The Alex Jones Show is coming up right next. And before Alex starts, make sure you go to InfoWarsStore.com and get the Turbo Force Plus from InfoWars Life. It's a more advanced formula for optimum focus and energy, now available for 25% off. We say that Turbo Force Plus is like the original Turbo Force, but this time with more power, more strength, and more energy. With the addition of Alpha GPC to our original TurboForce, we are taking TurboForce Plus to the next level. This advanced formula can help support increased focus and energy. With a sustained energy blend that contains amino acids for sustained energy metabolism and herbal energy blend with very high levels of polyphenols and xanthine alkaloids for peak energy, TurboForce Plus is a force to be reckoned with. Take some today and become yourself a force to be reckoned with. Visit InfoWarsStore.com. Share the network at band.video or madmaxworld.tv. And stick with us, folks, for the Alex Jones show coming up after this break. Thank you.
1776 Testosterone Boost is back in stock. It is a private label of the number one best-selling natural testosterone booster on the market. It does incredible things for men, but women also love it. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to experience this product for yourself. I never have any issues in the libido department but it's always good to supercharge it and take it to the next level. And I'm just gonna tell you, bottom line, my wife is blown away. I am a Tyrannosaurus Rex in the sheets, and I'm telling you, at 49, I've got more energy in that department than I had when I was 18. And I owe it all to 1776 Testosterone Boost, now back in stock, at InfoWarStore.com. It's also great for your muscles, your body, your energy, your workouts. Get 1776 Testosterone Boost at InfoWarStore.com.